0: super talk mississippi media production
1: this is gerard gibbert and thank you for listening to middays here on super talk mississippi
2: all right flight directors i want the go no go for launch retro go flight booster go flight eco go flight trajectory go flight capcom freedom go flight capcom independence go flight all right ladies and gentlemen it's pucker time
3: you're
0: awake by the way
3: independence and freedom this is kennedy firing room we're t-minus one minute
4: all crew members, close and lock your visors. The state of Mississippi. Thank you. It's real. Let's rock, rock this joint. Mississippi. We love Mississippi.
0: Uh, this is the JT Show with JT and producer Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Make Mississippi great again. <laughs>
1: Mississippi, and welcome to the JT Show Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbard in the chair today, along with my good friend in the booth, Rhino. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. We are set on this Monday to kick the week off. It is Dr. Martin Luther King Day. We celebrate today here in the United States. So the building was kind of empty as folks are enjoying the holiday. Do you notice that?
6: You oh, it? yeah. It, it it harkens back to uh, about 10 months ago when the parking lot was empty for a totally <laughs> different reason.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, and we sort of, I guess, the folks that occupy the building are uh, kind of operating on a, a limited in-person staff basis, I would say. When Not, they can. Yeah, when they can. But nonetheless, the first thing I noticed was an empty parking lot and an empty building here. But, That being said, we're going to try to fill the airwaves up today for three hours uh, on the JT Show. Coming up at uh, 10.20, we've got my good friend in the studio, Dr. Paul Sego. He's the uh, chief of staff, I believe, at St. Dominic's Hospital. And he's going to give us uh, kind of an update from his perspective on the vaccine rollout. That seems to be paramount on everyone's mind these days, as it should be. Big deal going on. It's it's been a rather maligned process, shall we say. And so we got uh, Dr. Seago in the studio to kind of give us an update on that. And then my good friend Mike Hurst is coming up at 11 o'clock, U.S. uh, attorney. And he'll tell us about his stepping down and his plans going forward from there. Looking forward to that. And then Mississippi Outdoors, of course. It's Monday at 12 o'clock. And I'm sure we'll have our Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks panel in for that. So, this being Rhino Martin Luther King Day, I'll start by just quoting the great Dr. King, probably his most famous quote of all. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character." So that was 1963, 1963. I was actually breathing on the planet in 1963, I know you weren't. That was a little bit before my time. (laughs) Uh, Now, not that I had a clue what was going on, I wasn't that old, but nonetheless, 1963. So here's the question. Here's the question. How much of Dr. King's dream have we appreciated and actually fulfilled these days? Now, let's think about the times, and I know it was before your time, 1963. How far have we come? And I'll just kind of opine on it. I think we've come a long way. A long way. Does that mean things are perfect? No. No. I'm not sure we ever achieve that utopia. Uh, I don't think that's possible as long as humans inhabit the planet, frankly. Uh, But I think we've made incredible progress. So I know the tendency in our society, and certainly in our media, is to focus on how bad things are. And everything that is a failure. We rarely talk about achievements and accomplishments, especially when it comes to race relations and racial equity and so forth. In in fact, a lot of people would say that given the events that occurred over the past summer, we went backwards. I totally disagree with that. And I think the tendency is to take one or two incidents such as the tragic situation with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and look at those and say that absolutely is emblematic of broader society. That's the way everybody in the country is, that, that uh, every person of color is oppressed, and the deck is stacked against them from a societal perspective, and every white person is a white supremacist. We, we have a tendency to kind of group and label and categorize people that way. And I think that's a mistake. But we rarely talk about the achievements and the accomplishments. And I, and I know I've said it here on the show, but I'm going to say it again today. I, I'm blessed, and I'm fortunate, and I make no bones about that. But I'll also not uh, excuse the fact that I work my rear off to get to where I got. That's the way it's supposed to work. I'm not going to apologize for that. But I'm fortunate to live in a nice neighborhood in, uh, here in central Mississippi in the Madison County area and right next door to me. And I know I've talked about this and so I'm going to say it again. There's a wonderful African American family. Two physicians have four children all four of which attend the most expensive, most prestigious private school in the state great, bravo, fantastic. Would that have happened in 1963? Doubtful. Would? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think we still had, in some areas, you couldn't go to the same restroom. Think about that. You you weren't even in the same schools. There was no integration of schools. I mean, you could just go down the list. But I just I point that out as a small... And anecdotal, admittedly, but I think a very pointed example of what we're talking about. I don't think that was achievable back then.
6: No, and I would say that as a society, we have progressed along the lines of Dr. King's dream to the point where people that make a living off racial division have had to move the goalpost to the point of lunacy.
1: Yeah, well... Just think about a couple of points there. I absolutely agree. Think about the money, the resources, the assets, the cycles, the capital invested in diversity and inclusion. Every corporation in America, it seems, has a large organization, frankly. I'll give you an example. Ohio State, every university, of course, some major organizational function and aspect. Ohio State has a hundred people in their diversity and inclusion organization at a cost of 10 million dollars a year. So what do you need a hundred people for? What? And then here's the other question. So if we're not to judge a person by the color of their skin or their physical attributes, Totally agree. I believe that's consistent with the Christian teaching, with God's words. It's just, it's just common sense, being a good human. It's just moral. If you're not, but rather the content of the character, then why do we have all, all of these edicts across our institutions, be they public or private, that require certain composition, say, of staff or vending, and so forth, solely based on the color of their skin, their physical attributes. That's the point
6: I was getting at. I mean, we have gotten along so well as a society compared to how we were. And we we got to a point in society where the concept of being colorblind was rampant. And that wasn't good enough for those who sow racial division and make that their aim to the point where you're no longer allowed to say you're colorblind. That's not accepting their cultural, their cultural needs and wants. And it's like, uh, we're not supposed to judge based on
1: color, but content of character, why is that so difficult? It's, it's the grievance industry, essentially. It's There's too much power, money, to be derived from it. And it mainly comes from elitist, pompous white liberals. <laughs> They're the ones that are benefiting the most from the permanent victimhood grievance. That's not to say there isn't work to be done. But if you keep telling somebody day in and day out, you're a victim, you're downtrodden, you're oppressed, you need me to help you. I don't see how that really is improving racial equity. And I got a couple other thoughts about it after the break. But next coming up, we've got in the studio our good friend, Dr. Paul Segoe, talking about the vaccine rollout. Stay with us.
11: I
12: love it. Catfish is excellent.
9: For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
12: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3.
0: Hey, hey. Do you have an opinion on something you heard from JT or Rhino? Go ahead, grab your phone and text it to them. You can text at 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. The JT Show on Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi, on this Monday morning. So we've got in the studio with us now our good friend, Dr. Paul Segoe. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for coming. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. So paramount on everybody's mind these days is this vaccine rollout and what's going on with respect to that. Uh, uh, Dr. Segoe is chief of staff, I believe, at St. Dominic's Hospital. So, I know you guys have been on the front lines. Uh, certainly, your staff and your resources have. Absolutely. And besides the hospital, of course, you operate uh, the clinics, the MEA clinics, part Correct. of the organization, right? So.
13: MEA clinics, as well as the SDMA clinics, so we have two clinics that actually are under our group. Okay. Yeah.
1: And are most most of those in central Mississippi? Uh, correct.
13: Most of them are.
1: And and Saint Dominic's uh, is one of the largest uh, facilities, healthcare institutions in the state. Uh, correct. correct. Yeah. yeah. So, well, tell us first, Paul, about um, and I and I know Dr. Sego By the way, he and I are frequent golf uh, partners, and so if I call him Paul, excuse me for that. It's it's golf course <laughs> lingo. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Sego tell us then. What does it look like as far as patients in the hospital that are infected with the coronavirus? And we hear so much from our government about uh, how that's overrunning and overwhelming the healthcare uh, environment. What does that look
13: like today? Uh, Well, we're still in a really. Uh, big time uh, utilization resource within the hospitals itself. Uh, I mean, I get a report daily of our census of COVID patients, and we've been in the, as many as hun- the low hundred tens, and and haven't been haven't been below eighty, and really been in the nineties for I would say a good uh, thirty days or so. And the thing wow. is that is that, I mean, and uh, and we've had. in the the 20s on the ventilator every day to such a point we've had to purchase other ventilators and and acquire those from other places so it's still a very significant problem and it's about a third of our uh, of our hospitalizations especially right now given you know the 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 elective surgery uh, that have been kind of that have been put on hold for now and so uh, really a lot of the, the business that would be typically going on in hospital now is has lessened and then just from a resource standpoint a COVID patient just requires a lot I mean if you're, if you're I mean in our ICUs we've created 10 new we had chest pain observations which we've created into a new uh, <coughs> which we've created into a new um, a new ICU unit and then we have anywhere from 8 to 10 beds that we've created within the um, and our recovery room where we're using those for uh... for patients um because of our just increased overall ICU use and, and i guess you know what's what's not understood or as well and one of the bigger problems we have right now is, is honestly is, is nursing shortages yeah. is that sometime this summer um, other states decided how their cares money was going to be given and and i believe that they gave that there were other states that had more money for hospitals and so they've essentially they're paying nurses up to two hundred dollars an hour to come travel and to come and so the other night we lost Five or six um, ER nurses at night, this entire shift, and and that, that just puts in an already hmm. burdened system. Hmm. Just puts a lot more stress. Um, but but I would say I give a lot of credit to the nurses who are working uh, overall extra shifts, and the hospital has made accommodations for them. And, and really, the nurses and the respiratory therapists who aren't given enough credit, and then the pulmonary specialists who are on the front line in the hospitals are one really carrying the load for this.
1: So one thing that. I hear a lot from folks is well, it, well if there's a shortage of beds and ICU units, why don't we just build more, open up more, go uh, re-engineer and, and repurpose other facilities that might might be able to perform those services? And what I hear typically from the medical community. And uh, just tell us if this is on on target. Is that well that that's great, but we don't have enough resources, human resources, correct. to staff those additional correct.
13: And I think that's just what I alluded to is that when we lose you know five or six nurses and you can't replace a nurse one to one, it takes a period of time to, to come in, and then you have to have people specialized in those in ICU care uh, and respiratory therapists, and then if you have any of those. Um, individuals who get sick during that period of time or attract COVID, then then it's then that becomes a dilemma. So, I mean, we've. I've just given you probably 20 ICU beds that we've added yeah. um, and, and you know, to, to, incre- to help increase that volume. And, and, and St. Thomas continues to be a stroke center. So, those patients that would benefit from the interventions that are, that are offered through our, our neurologists and neurosurgeons and interventional radiologists are still coming in. And so, heart attacks, strokes, <coughs> um, in my world, GYN malignancies, those things haven't gone away because we have a pandemic coming on. Sure. Um, but we have a lot more uh, use of those resources that we have all around.
1: All right, so let's turn our focus to the vaccine and and the rollout thereof. Uh, first, um, I believe you've been vaccinated. I have. Right? Actually yeah.
13: I've had uh, I've had my first and second dose, and so I'm, I'm grateful to you know in my role, I, I, although I'm not on the front lines, and, and grateful for that. I, I've. I've tried to be in the hospital almost every day um, over the 300 days or 300 plus days now that we've been in this pandemic uh, just to keep an assessment of what's going on and try to be there and be available, be helpful in whatever way I can. So I was grateful to get that um, and to be part of that. And and I, I had absolutely no symptoms at all. I mean, I didn't really have a sore arm. I took some Tylenol and I took some leave for the second mm. one. And, and I was I was grateful that I uh, was able to do that. And, and to me, I tell you, it's been hard emotionally um to be in there and 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 uh, I went home and I felt like I got the golden ticket my wife who who did not who hadn't been vaccinated I, I felt bad for her and, but uh but it was a it was a great relief off of off me to get that.
1: Yeah and so uh, how's that? So I know some other uh, mutual friends we have, of course, that are in the, in the system, in the St. D. system. So how's that going with respect to rolling it out, I guess, throughout the system, certainly the, the frontline workers and those, I guess, in particular, care for COVID patients?
13: So, uh, so I mean, one of the things that was was really, uh, I mean, and I can speak from our experience, is that is that we sent a survey to all the employees that were involved to find out who wanted to be vaccinated, who didn't, and we were able to vaccinate uh, every – Employee and and that really f- who was interested and in that included our clinic workers and included um, some of our janitorial staff and our kitchen staff, you know, and because in some ways some people were concerned and, and didn't want to take the vaccination, and in some ways um, uh, they just didn't want, you know, for some reason or another. So, so everybody who wanted it was able to, and and one of the things, and I'm I don't mean to sound like I'm a shill for say Dominic's, but. But we had the Pfizer vaccination. There's a little bit of overfill, and so out of that suitcase that you get, typically you should get it's it's a lot for 975 vaccinations. We were able to get 1100 out of that, okay. and so we were really able to expand the number that we were able to give. And so none of this stuff happens as fast as you'd like for it to. But but when you're in a hospital, you have to make sure you get your frontline workers, and then everybody who wants that has that availability. And since some of are workers seven days in a row and have three or four days off, you have to do that over a period of time. And so that, uh, so that was gone. And I believe we've used, you know, 96% of our allotment in the hospital, and and uh, and just have, a, you know, we're holding obviously a few doses for people who've missed, who are frontline, because we want to make sure that, that we have that resource available to them.
1: So the governor had a long uh, post on social media yesterday, where where he discussed, I guess, the progress to date. And the governor is a is a numbers guy, so there's lots of figures right. in there, yeah. and I try to parse through it. But the first. Line of the post was a 109354, the number of, I guess, total vaccinations that have been administered across the state. Uh, is You know, it's hard to tell. Is that kind of in line with where we should be? Is it behind? Is it ahead? He, he indicated in the post that we were 50th, I guess, relative to percentage of population a short couple of weeks ago, and now we've moved up that ladder there just seems to be a lot of confusion. Is it the state's responsibility? Now you got uh, Joe Biden coming in saying that they're going to assert, I guess, a lot of control over the entire vaccination process, hire 100,000 um, contact tracing workers, and I think he calls them uh, uh, vaccine relationship people or something right. like that. So what's? it seems like confusion and convolution going on there. Tell, tell us what's happening.
13: And so, you know, again i'm a g1 oncologist by trade so I, I, i'm not a not going to profess that public health expert but but we have meetings twice a week in our hospital about these things and so certainly we discuss, we've been discussing this at length over a long period of time and so really there's two avenues that vaccines vaccines are given the federal government still is responsible for, has taken responsibility for long-term care as well as nursing homes okay. and those are in contracts with uh, cVs and walgreens okay. and so uh, i do think there's some assistance assistance that, that's going to be provided. Um, the The National Guard has been great when you've had outbreaks that they can come in quickly. They have resources to test patients. And so I do believe that they are going to be involved in that process as they've been in the most nursing homes throughout this period of time. But again, that's a slow process. I um, mean, I know St. Catharines still has, you know, they have a date schedule. They actually have two date schedule: initial date and then a follow-up date. Um, and so, uh, none of these things happen as fast as you'd like for them to. And then the second group is, uh, is those those uh, vaccines are allotted, you know, to the uh, to the state. Gotcha. And then, um,
1: Can you hang on, co- sure. Mister? Yeah, absolutely. We got a quick break. If you come back, because I think our folks want to know more about what's happening here. Our guest is Dr. Paul Sego, Chief of Staff, St. Dominic's. Stay with us. We'll be back.
14: You know when reality sets in and you hear those words, we're moving, creates lots of emotions. they're home sold in just days and for $2,500 over the list price. Lee Garland gives you the options like instant cash offer with no showings, no repairs or hassles, just cash. So after you utter the words, we're moving, call my friend Lee Garland of the Garland Group of EXP Realty. 601-983-1130. And check them out online at LeeWillBuyIt.com. That's LeeWillBuyIt.com. Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally
10: in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks,
9: humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi.
15: Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call Two Men in a Truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twominandatruck.com.
12: Dot com.
16: Practitioners. Practitioners.
14: Gallo here for AC Experts, where William Overstreet's my go-to guy. Has been for a long time. Family owned, not a franchise. 28 years experience from maintenance to installation, new heating, geothermal systems, and repairs come with a full year warranty. You mention my name, he'll take $50 off servicing. William Overstreet's The AC Experts 237 Cool. Or email directly theacexperts at yahoo.com. And on Facebook at AC Experts. Or tweet or text me personally, I'll be glad to send you the contact. The AC Experts, highly recommended.
3: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to News Mississippi. Today is the deadline for state lawmakers to introduce general bills and constitutional amendments. Several key bills have already been introduced, like the teacher pay raise, which will be taken up in the Senate. Frank Bordeaux is the new chairman of the Mississippi Republican Party.
17: So our lofty goals are to deregulate. I know that lieutenant governor still wants to strengthen the size of government. The elimination of working towards the elimination of the personal income tax is something that Speaker done and the governor wants to work towards, I think the lieutenant governor would be open to it. And the
3: vaccine remains effective against new strains of the coronavirus. But U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams, speaking to Jackson State last week, stated that we must work quickly to get everyone vaccinated.
4: If we don't stomp out this virus, right now, then there is every chance that it could mutate to a new strain that is resistant to the vaccine. And if that
3: happens, then we're just going to keep prolonging this pandemic. Andy Davis, News Mississippi.
18: Y'all know that in Mississippi, we have some of our most fun
19: experiences outdoors, especially during hunting season. Hi, this is Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Each year, our agency provides services to Mississippians who have been injured in hunting accidents. Please remember ATVs are not toys. Always wear a helmet, only have one rider at a time, ride an ATV that's right for your age, and supervise young riders. This hunting season, when it comes to ATVs, remember to ride safe and ride smart.
0: JT Show with guest host Dave Hughes. That's what I'm talking about. On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. The J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Our guest this morning in the studio, Dr. Paul Segoe. He's a gynecological oncologist. Did did I say that right? Is that right? Correct. Very good. And also the chief of staff at St. Dominic's uh, Hospital here in the central Mississippi area. We're talking about uh, COVID and and more specifically uh, the rollout of the vaccinations. And so... Uh, you, you were telling us, Dr. Sego, before we went to break, about the role of the pharmacies in, in vaccinating uh, those in the long-term uh, care, uh, care facilities, and I believe that's some sort of uh, agreement between the federal government, is that right, correct. and the pharmacies?
13: Cause that's correct.
1: I think the average person kept hearing when, the, when there was, uh, I guess, early approval of the vaccine, and I know I tuned in to about a two-hour conference at the White House. that was was engaged with by the the various um, CEOs and just management of the private sector organizations involved in the rollout including the CEOs of CVS and Walmart and I remember them specifically talking about their footprint which is incredible and their ability to to really handle this and administer vaccinations on a scaled basis I think the normal person, well me, is like, well, why can't I go to the CVS and get a vaccination?
13: That's a great question. And I think one day that'll that that uh, and I certainly hope that one day that 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 level of access will be there, but but the um The vaccinations really have been handled handed to the states, and so the states. Each individual state is responsible for how that rolls out, and it's in some ways the same way as the the antibodies that the president received and other people received have given those. Those are all really more given to the state and on an allocation basis, and then and then that's then decide and then the state um, through the central uh, the executive branch and through the Department of Public Health then. Then really, then then uh, provides uh, those vaccinations to the to the different hospitals and to the different facilities.
1: Who's in charge? That's the question. Who? I mean, is it the governor? Is it the state government? Is it the healthcare community? Is it the federal government? Combination of all? Who's in charge?
13: <clears throat> well, I do think that it's uh, when you have something of this undertaking, it's it's difficult and uh, I mean, and it's challenging because you have the uh, you have the. You know, uh, against again, uh, you know, CMS and those guys, the Health and Human Services that are providing the vaccines to the to the states or giving the allotment to them, and then uh, and then ultimately um, some part in central government versus the Department of Public Health or provide or you know or are uh, putting those out. So I, I think it's a little, I wish I could answer you directly to know uh, what that is. Um, I'm not sure that i am got clear guidance of that, and I think part of that's uh, i mean uh, transparency is this word we love to have and, and throw around these days but uh but I, it's a little bit unclear at times as to who actually is making those decisions as to what facility gets what and and what that allotment is and, and some of that's based on the moderna va- va- uh, vaccination doesn't require refrigeration where the pfizer has to have cold yeah. storage and so yeah. there are a limited number of facilities to have that so there there are some logistical things that that are that are that are very legitimate but there are some other aspects which are uh, certainly a little bit frustrating
1: so how do you find out at Saint Dominic's when you're going to get uh, doses and how many you're going to get and when they're going to arrive? How does that process work?
13: Um, well, I mean, typically we'll be told at some point. I mean, I mean, initially we were we were led to believe that we would get a regular doses that would be uh, that you know, and I, I think initially we were we were, you know. Thought that we would get, you know, this nine seventy five, which is what the suitcase comes in, on a weekly basis. <clears throat> um, ultimately, uh, we got our first, and then we're we're sure we'd get our second dose for those for those healthcare workers on the front line. <clears throat> now it's just uh, it's a little bit hit and miss. It's you know we did get a, a we we did get another one of the Moderna uh, sh- shipments, and then another of the Pfizer. And in fact, uh, interestingly enough, you know we received word that we were going to get a, a dose from uh, a shipment from Pfizer, and then and there came another notification that we were going to get another shipment coming in, and that second shipment was just uh, dry ice. So it's just uh, I a mean, wow. I think that's a little bit enigmatic <laughs> sometimes of what happens when you have that much uh, bureaucracy and dealing with things. And and, and you know I, I think that the challenge for all of us is to be a little bit understanding and and, and do all that. Uh, uh, but certainly this, this is not the time to blame, to, to place blame. Sure, and this is the time for us really to try to get together in a room and and, and with healthcare experts and and health care delivery experts and uh, and government to yeah. to try to come up with the best solution for us you know going forward
1: and hopefully not politicize the effort here because but, you shouldn't politicize health frankly
13: well and that, and that becomes uh, you know and and, and that's that's going to be a real challenge it's going to be especially real challenge as we go from republican administration centrally that's going to be in charge of the vaccines and actually owns the vaccines and then how that gets uh, transmitted to the different states and, yeah. and i'm i'm hopeful that uh that we're going to be we will, you know, that, that that won't, that politics won't get involved in that, because this is something that that has significant um, opportunity to change people's lives.
1: So, the, uh, I think the governor, uh, through the Department of Health, if I'm not mistaken, open, opened up 18 drive through facilities right. across the state a week ago, maybe a little over a week a little, ago. I think a little so, over a week ago. And... And so, when folks go on, I believe the Department of Health website to register for that, and there and there's been some issues there, some technology issues, uh, where the site was just overwhelmed and couldn't couldn't handle the scale and, and capacity. And it it, it uh, as an IT guy, I would say it really wasn't designed for that kind of scale. Uh, that's that's pretty clear that seems to have quieted down but i've heard reports of people saying i just wait till two o'clock in the morning when they're few three (laughs) thirty three thirty okay fewer people trying to and and i've heard anecdotally reports of people uh... going to the drive through facilities and it's been really uh... across the spectrum from hey it was great a great experience it was it was rapid it was well organized to it was chaos it was terrible it took me three hours and Is that improving? Getting any better? And then I guess, or or is the hospital or the hospital's involved in that effort whatsoever?
13: So, I mean, at this point, though, you know, I mean, from I I know locally, uh, there was I think both Baptist and Saint Dominic's uh, were under the assumption that they were going to get an allotment of of vaccinations uh last week and unfortunately it doesn't appear that that that, uh, happened or or that those because i had some had some good friends that were uh that were primary care through the baptist network and were scheduled to go get a vaccination and they were called and said they couldn't come in to get that and and i know that we had some appointments that we've had to cancel for patients that were scheduled And, and i think that's you know, one of the uh, nuance, but nuances, but potentially uh, detrimental is that, you know, patients that didn't get on the website because they had appointments, you know, then didn't get vaccine. And now that you can't schedule an appointment or, or those things, it's, it's 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 challenging and it's unfortunate. And, and um, I, I, you know, I'm not... I, I agree with you that you know that that was not a system that was built for for that yeah uh, you know my wife spent 12 hours trying to secure a, um, hmm. a special needs brother of mine and then her mother appointments and and uh, and she saw a lot of spinning on the screen mm-hmm. as she was trying to schedule that um, and people ask why is it it shouldn't be just easy I mean you just come in and give a shot I mean a flu shots is, is, is easy you just walk in and get that done well there's a lot of reporting requirements that are that that that, that federal government's want from this they want, well, they want all your demographic information and all that and and um, and you can just imagine if you're trying to put in 1100 uh, that that data for 1100 and that's why that's why that data has really lagged behind because when i looked at our federal data and i knew that university had vaccinated we had vaccinated baptist had vaccinated and, and all those alignments were gone but it wasn't you know it's a week you know, it was a week later and it still wasn't being recorded uh some of that is garbage in and garbage out
1: yeah, I, I've got several questions here on the text line. I'll get to a couple of them for you. But uh, from Larry and Jackson on the C Spire text line, is it that they want you to to register to the vaccine that you've been vaccinated? Have, has there been any, I guess, kind of orders or guidance or edict along those lines where the federal government's trying to track everybody that's been vaccinated for, I don't know, some purpose in the future?
13: uh n- yes every patient who gets vaccinated has tr- their individual information that okay. has to be reported and then that system itself is is complicated and convoluted i mean initially you know as as a hospital system we had we only had one login yeah so if you're trying to log in 1100 oh, it, oh, it's yeah. a it's a it's a period you know there's a limiting factor when it comes to that so so that's where it's it it's it's helpful and 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 you know i mean realistically the you know the Department of Public Health hasn't you know, has been always been supported over the last little bit. Their their technology capabilities are are not what uh, not what any of us would like for them Did, to be. Didn't so. design it for that.
1: No, I mean no, in no way, in no yeah. way so uh one quick question before we go here how soon after testing positive for covid can you get the vaccine i think we're kind of on the bottom of the list based on age
13: well i think there's some things that, the recommendations are 90 days um but those are somewhat changing um but but i would highly recommend even if you had a uh, COVID that you get the vaccine there, there is definitely those are those are strong solid recommendations and so to do that certainly more than 10 days um but But I haven't heard anybody who's had anything detrimental who's had it in the past who's gotten the vaccine. But you definitely should do that.
1: Our guest has been Dr. Paul Siegel. Thanks for coming in today, Dr. Siegel. Appreciate that. Gynecologic oncologist at uh, St. Dominic's also serves as the chief of staff. He's been helping us out understanding this whole vaccine chaos. Appreciate it. Stay with us.
20: if you need a cash infusion after all your Christmas expenses, perhaps we can help at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry in Flowood. At DNS Diamonds, we are always purchasing diamonds, precious stones, gold, silver, and platinum in the form of jewelry or as scrap. We truly believe we pay more than anyone else for your pre owned, broken, or unwanted jewelry. With gold prices hovering at near record levels, now is a great time to sell. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry, 144 Market Street across from Amerigo in Flowood.
15: This is the opening agri market report. At the New York Cotton Exchange, March Cotton was down forty-five to eighty seventy. May cotton was down thirty-eight to eighty-one sixty-two. At the Chicago Board of Trade, March soybeans down two and three quarters to fourteen fourteen per bushel. May soybeans down a half to fourteen fourteen and a quarter per bushel. March corn... Down one and a half to 5.30 per bushel. May corn down one and three quarters to 5.33 per bushel. At the mercantile, April live cattle up 80 to 119 even. June live cattle down two cents to 116.25. March feeders up 147 to 137.30. April feeders up 70 to 139 even. And of course, the Dow Jones close from Martin Luther King Day was down 177 points to 814. I'm Dixon Williams and this is the Mississippi Agri-News Network.
21: When it comes to growing cotton, I'm looking for results. That's why I choose the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System. The powerful combination of Bull 3 Extend Flex Cotton and Extendamax Herbicide with Vapor Grip technology means I'm getting built-in pest protection and an increased spectrum of control of insects like bullworms and tobacco budworm on top of effective weed control. That adds up to stronger yield potential. In fact, Bullgard 3 Extend Flex Cotton showed an 87 pound per acre advantage on average versus top planted phytogen varieties. It's no wonder the Roundup Ready Extend crop system is the number one choice for so many of us. For me, the choice is easy. I
20: choose results. I choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. Yield claims are based on 2017 to 2019 Bayer trials. Extendamax a max is a restricted-use pesticide. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
14: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. This is the JT Show with guest host Dave Hughes. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Uh, the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbard in the chair today. Rhino spinning the tunes, keeping us straight. So, Rhino, have not uh, announced this yet, but we got something new starting today here at Super Talk on the show, and that is at 11.37 sec- in that segment, we're going to have- allow folks to call in. To call us on the telephone, be heard here on the air, have a conversation, express your, your views, but just be more engaging. Really excited about returning to that, allowing our listeners, viewers, as the case may be, to uh, to join us and be part of the show. You can call us on the Super Talk Mississippi phone line, 888-808-808. 8637. It's a toll free call. Again, 888 808 8637. That's at 1137 starting today. Looking forward to that. That should be fun. We've got some fantastic listeners and we hope to hear from them. So, have uh, heard uh... from lots of our our listeners uh... on the ceasefire text line this morning uh, rhino about uh... the vaccination stuff sorry i didn't get to all of those comments and questions but one in particular if i can find it was um, about getting the the second the second uh... dose uh... from uh, on the ceasefire text line i need my second shot but there doesn't seem to be a way to schedule it the website says no appointments available and the health department is not scheduling either what will happen to us that can't get the second shot. And and I know that there is obviously a time period. I think we're all familiar with that. I think it's either 21 days or 28 days. Don't hold me to that. But it's it's in that range, depending on which of the vaccinations you receive. And uh, to get the booster, I, I believe other, otherwise the first shot is uh, no longer effective. So that is a concern. Unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that, and I, and I think we're kind of relying on our public health officials to give us some guidance there at this point, and we'll certainly try to get that uh, for you. So, um, let's see, so there was another question about, uh, oh, this was a comment um, from one of our, our listeners, that Dr. Sego uh, cared for grandmother and family uh, that he's a very compassionate doctor showed that during her final years. We we really appreciate that. Are warnings still? Question, are warnings still being issued to women who are pregnant or trying to be pregnant against getting the vaccine? I, uh, do you know anything about that, Rhino? I mean, I've heard some. I would call them some false assertions about that in, in um, the physicians I've spoken to. but I mean,
6: you, you look at any medication, any vaccine, anything really dealing with the medical profession, there are two groups of patients that you, you just can't ethically study the two groups, so you have no way of knowing ahead of time how those two groups will react. One group being pediatrics. You can't get... kids to sign up for a study the same way you can adults it's not ethical so that's why you saw the the limit on the age for the vaccines on the on the lower end where i believe it's 16 for one and 18 for another yeah another group that it's just it's unethical and immoral to test on are pregnant women yeah the 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 baby can't consent to going through that so you you don't have any initial understanding of how it will react in a pregnant body, so they have recommended that if you are pregnant or plan to become pregnant, to talk to your doctor about it. I don't think they've banned it, but it is a risk you are taking on because there hasn't been any studies done.
1: Yeah. So, and that makes sense. So I hope that answered uh, the caller's question there. Really, really appreciate that. So, uh twenty-eight days is what uh our good friend Kirby says is the time frame. I thought one of them was twenty-eight and one of them was twenty-one. I could be mistaken on that, but uh nonetheless that's supposed to be uh the the protocol and, and hopefully and they were supposed to reserve a certain number of those uh and hold them back to make sure uh you know um oh, by the way. So Dr. Segoe, I assume he's listening to us, and I assume he's responding to the question about uh, the – okay, yeah. He says 21 Pfizer, 28 Moderna. Thanks, Dr. Segoe. He just texted me to tell me that. Appreciate that. So there is a little bit of a difference there. Interesting. I guess he's talking about – he says – vaccinating pregnant women I think that's what you're talking about Paul not approved but aCOG says yes I'm sure that's a I'm sure that's a, an association there yeah um, that's
6: basically the the vaccine manufacturer going look we we can't study this on pregnant people so uh, yeah. we can't recommend it but
1: yeah he says yes that's what he's talking about the doctors that are practicing in that so I think you and he are aligned there Rhino. appreciate that so hopefully that hopefully that helps lots of other stuff uh, rolling in. And we'll try to get to it. But coming up next in the studio, we've got our good friend Mike Hurst, former U.S. attorney. He'll be joining us after the news.
0: Listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroni'streepros.com. Fox
22: News, I'm Chris Foster. Smoke prompting a lockdown at the Capitol and evacuation of an inaugural rehearsal turned out to be from a homeless camp nearby and no public threat. 25,000 National Guard troops are authorized to be in D.C. for the inauguration, and that presents its own security challenges. There is a concern, according to defense officials, about the potential for a possible insider attack. They're working with the Secret Service on which National Guard members here in D.C. may require deeper security screening, and our Pentagon team has confirmed it. Fox's Rich Edson. Smart Luther King Day.
7: The day celebrates the life and legacy of King, who fought for civil rights and racial equality before he was killed in 1968. It's also a National Day of Service, as designated by Congress in 1994. This year, due to the pandemic, many service opportunities are virtual, and the Presidential Inaugural Committee is collaborating with AmeriCorps on volunteer opportunities.
22: Fox is Tanya J. Powers. America's listening to Fox News.
10: Pure Air Consultants is your heating and cooling professionals
14: Find new roads.
3: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to News Mississippi. Nobody struck it rich in mega millions or Powerball, so the winnings just keep on growing. The mega millions jackpot has climbed to an estimated $850 million with a cash value of $628.2 million. The next drawing is tomorrow night. In the Powerball, the estimated current jackpot is $730 million with a cash value of $546 million. The next drawing is Wednesday. Vaccine supply is a problem in Mississippi. Dr. Mark Horn, president of the Mississippi State Medical Association, explains why.
23: There's just greater demand than there is supply
3: right now. He says what they do have on hand is already reserved. Every
23: dose that we've been given is committed and is being placed in arms as fast as it can be placed.
3: The next major delivery of vaccine isn't expected until mid-February. I'm Kelly Bennett.
21: Are you looking for something unusual or hard to find? You might just find it on HighBid.com. It's the online auction site for, well, just about everything. HighBid.com has estate sales, closeouts, liquidations, even government-seized vehicle auctions. It's easy to bid on office furniture, antiques, sports memorabilia, restaurant equipment, motorboats, even arcade games. You can search for items by name or simply see where the next page takes you. Visit HighBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com. And find out what you're looking for today.
24: Before you dig or drive stakes in the ground, call 811 or you might hit, man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. (laughs) An electric line or a gas line.
12: Tents gone.
24: Yeah, driving stakes, call Mississippi 811 two days before pounding. It may keep you out of the, don't worry,
10: honey, the doghouse is just fine. There's room for both of us in here.
24: Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries.
3: The Senate returns to the Capitol tomorrow, just a day before President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration.
20: The last thing we ought to be doing during all this is uh, is a, a trial to decide if the person who leaves office at noon on the 20th uh, should be removed from office.
3: Senator Roger Wicker says he thinks this was a time for Joe Biden to rise to the occasion.
20: If he had said, we need to put all this behind us, it's time to heal. I'm asking the House not to take this up."
3: A Hattiesburg businessman has been sentenced in the largest health care fraud scheme in Mississippi history. Wade Walters will serve
25: 18 years in prison and pay back nearly $290 million for his role in orchestrating the scheme to defraud the health care provider Tricare between 2012 and 2016. Walters personally profited over $56 million from the scheme, according to U.S. Attorney Mike Hurst.
0: Broadcasting live from the heart of the Deep South. Let's do it. Heck yeah. This is the Magnolia State's Midday Meeting Place. Yes,
11: indeed. It's good. Oh, man, I love
0: it. The spot to discuss whatever's on your mind.
5: Make Mississippi great again.
0: Welcome to the JT Show. Welcome. Here we go. On Super Talk Mississippi. And now, here's your host, JT.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the J.T. Show on this Monday, January the 18th, Martin Luther King Day across the nation. And in the studio now, our good friend, former U.S. Attorney Mike Hurst. Morning,
26: Mike. Actually, still current. Still current. Okay, my bad. Tomorrow's my last day, but... Wednesday, you can call me former. Okay, one, <laughs> Has one been. more. Whatever day. you want to call me, Gerard. <laughs> well, Thanks you, for
1: having me. Uh, I appreciate you coming in. So, do uh, our listeners that are are viewing the show via <laughs> the various methods, uh, if they saw you today. You look like
26: you're unemployed now. Well, it's a it's a federal holiday, as you <laughs> okay. mentioned. We're honoring Dr. Martin Luther King, Absolutely. and uh, I was down in South Jackson with New Horizon Church this morning, helping okay. pick up uh, some trash and clean up around Sykes Park and the area down there. Great, uh, great folks turned out, and I think we did some good.
1: Very so. cool. Played a little baseball in my days down at Sykes yeah, Park. Yeah, beautiful park. It sure Absolutely. is. Uh, down on Cooper Road. That's it. Think, Cooper, right, right? Yeah. above Terry. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Well anyhow, so glad you could join us today Thanks. in the in the studio. So this it I guess gotta ask you, Mike, so did you did you resign from your current post as a function of the transition Of the presidency?
26: I did. We, U.S. attorneys, are appointed by the President of the United States. We serve at the will and pleasure of the President, and we have a new President coming into office Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I I just thought it was right to go ahead and let him determine who he wants to be U.S. attorney in the Southern District of Mississippi. I've had a great uh, almost three and a half years in this role. I think we've done a lot in that short amount of time. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about our state and I'm excited about the future of our state. But, yeah, I. I think the president deserves his own U.S. attorney, and so I want to make sure he's afforded that. And so before I, I ask this question, first, thank you
1: for uh, your service in that, uh, in that role. And I think I know a lot of people that uh, share my sentiments there. Uh, I've gotten to know you well enough to know you're above board 100%. Well, thank you. And that you apply the law. Accurately and consistently, and that's what we want our dead gum courts and our attorneys and our judicial system doing.
26: Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. To return to the, the, um, Time tested principle of blind justice. Absolutely, and it's not a. To me, it's not a job. I mean, I I get paid to do the right thing every single day, and I get to pay to help our citizens, help our Mississippians, help the American public. And uh, man, that's just that's the highest honor anyone I think could uh, could ever serve in.
1: So how how does it work now? What how does the next person that would succeed you?
26: Uh, How does that appointment um, fold out? So under uh, federal statute, the uh, first assistant in my office will become the acting United States attorney, a guy named Darren LaMarca. Darren's from Clinton. He's uh, been a municipal judge in Clinton, a long long resident of Hines County. Uh, Just an incredible lawyer, but even, even in a better person. So he'll do a great job leading that office until President-elect Biden nominates and the Senate confirms a new U.S. attorney. But that office, uh, I started in that office in 1996 as a student clerk huh. when I was at Millsaps College in undergrad. Didn't and, know that. Uh, yeah. Some of the same men and women are still work there. Um, it is just Absolutely, an incredible office, and what makes it so special are the people. Yeah, I mean, those individuals who do this job. I mean, they, yeah, you know, this Gerard, these attorneys, especially, can make a heck of a lot more money out in the private sector. Oh, yeah, but they do this job because they love it, they do it, they like serving people, and they like to see our community safer and our neighborhoods better. And so, um, you know. It has been a joy serving in this role, but that office will continue to do the great work that we as Americans need it to do, which is, as you mentioned, is to administer justice fairly, blindly, and justly. So are you seeing uh, similar
1: situations across the
26: country where your your peers – uh, your equals, essentially, are also moving on. We have. We've seen a number of U.S. attorneys. I wish I had the number in front of me, but I, I know at least uh, maybe 20 or 30 who have already resigned, stepped down, and, and making the way for the next U.S. attorneys coming to their respective districts.
1: With all the stuff on the plate of the income and uh, Biden administration, w- where does this rank as
26: far as addressing this? You know, uh, the appointments, yeah. 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 I I think filling the role of U.S. attorney is pretty high on the ranking of any president that comes in. I mean, we are the chief federal law enforcement officers of our respective districts. There are 94 U.S. attorney's offices throughout the country, and that that includes 93 United States attorneys. And so when we come in, we are – Um, with the Department of Justice, with the Attorney General of the United States, we are setting the priorities for not only the enforcement of federal laws within our district, but also the defense of federal statutes, the um, going after individuals who have violated federal law on the civil side, and also making sure that um, any money owed to the American taxpayer is collected. And so there's a lot of responsibilities under the plate of the U.S. Attorney's Offices, and I think it will be a high priority for this incoming administration.
1: Do you, you know, we'd like to think that regardless of, of presidential appointment, regardless of party affiliation, regardless of personal philosophy and views, that the law would be applied consistently and fairly, regardless of who a defendant may be, yeah. frankly. So, do you see a change in that? Are you concerned about
26: that? I, it really depends on the individual. I mean, it it really is driven by the individual put in this role. Um, We have been blessed in Mississippi, and and in particular the Southern District of Mississippi, to have some uh, incredible U.S. Attorneys in the past. And um, but I think what you'll see a difference is are the priorities coming out of Washington D.C. The priorities of the Biden Department of Justice, and you know we have really placed a priority on combating violent crime over the last three and a half years. We've really paid placed priority on fighting human trafficking. We've really placed a priority on, you know, enforcement of immigration crimes. Yeah. And I think you're going to see some different priorities placed by the Biden DOJ. But I, I think at the end of the day, and I'm hopeful as an American citizen at the end of the day, the Department of Justice will continue to be this stalwart institution of American government that simply enforces the law and upholds justice.
1: Well, to your point about uh, immigration uh, crimes and so forth, it, you know, I've, I've been doing some research over the weekend on, on what uh, Joe Biden intends to do there. I'm not sure there will be any immigration crimes, frankly.
26: Well, let me give you – I'll give you some perspective. Um, the last year of the previous U.S. attorney, fiscal year 2016, our office had 11 okay. prosecutions for immigration, 11. Now, let me fast forward three years later. When I was U.S. attorney in FY19, we prosecuted about 180 immigration prosecution so about a 1,500 percent increase in immigration prosecutions including the the largest single-state immigration enforcement operation in our nation's history so we have put a priority on enforcing our immigration laws and it's not it's not just because it's immigration laws it's because out of those individuals that we encountered in this enforcement operation I cannot tell you how many American taxpayer and American citizens identities were stolen by these individuals how americans could not get jobs because people somewhere in in scott county or somewhere in mississippi was using their social security number their benefits were interrupted their insurance they were having trouble getting insurance all this affects american people and we have many victims around the country and that's one of the main reasons we enforce our immigration laws, because someone is using that identity, and to the detriment of American citizen.
1: Yeah, and, and so, I uh, also did a report on this uh, a couple of years ago. Th- those uh, identity thefts are also used to file fraudulent tax returns, and the last time I looked at that, it was about $8 billion a year of um, uh, refundable credits, mm-hmm. checks, literally issued. To illegal immigrants, un- undocumented workers, as the left likes to call them, but they're, frankly, they're illegal immigrants that have stolen some American citizen's social security number, filed a fraudulent tax return, get checks from the government, which, as you know, are impossible to go back and collect.
26: Right. And then when the individual uh files their tax return the IRS says we already got your return yep that's exactly right and we see that over and over and over again in the US attorney's office and frankly you know one of the criticisms were these people were just trying to work they were trying to make make you know make a new life for themselves and that's great We are a nation of immigrants. This country was founded upon immigrants, but we have to do it the right way. You and I would never go to another country and violate their immigration laws. We would get the right visa, we would have the right passport, whatever. But if they're going to come here, they have to follow our laws. It's just as simple as that. And for those individuals saying, well, they were doing jobs that no Americans work, well, that's just BS. Because the day after the raids, we had American citizens literally lining up to take those jobs. jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unbelievable.
1: But yet we we have other plans for unemployment. Yeah, the best plan for the unemployment is, is allow Americans to work those jobs.
26: Right. Unbelievable. And we can talk about unemployment fraud when we get back, but after the CARES Act, we in Mississippi, we're looking probably close to $300 million in unemployment fraud. And it's across the nation, as you know, it in is. every
1: single state. But uh, you can hang with us for the next Absolutely. Second. Yeah, we got Mike Hurst, uh, U.S. attorney, soon to be former U.S. attorney in the studio. Stay with us.
12: Remaining inventory for just pennies on the dollar. That's right, own fine jewelry for as little as 17 cents on the dollar. Doors closed forever, Saturday, January 23rd at Solberger's Jewelry Ridgeland.
24: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at The Range in Gluckstadt, Mississippi's newest gun store with indoor range, firearms training center, and full-service gunsmithing department. Right now we're offering special pricing on our individual, couples, and family memberships. We're so sure you will enjoy a membership and the exclusive benefits that our members enjoy that we don't even ask you to sign a contract. Come browse our huge selection of guns and accessories or look into signing up for one of our many firearms training classes. The range by Jimmy Primos just off I-55 at the Gluckstadt
5: exit. For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. 43.
18: Final sale days, final discounts at Soul Burgers Jewelry in Ridgeland. Buy remaining inventory for just pennies on the dollar. That's right. Own fine jewelry for as little as 17 cents on the dollar. Doors close forever. Saturday, January 23rd at Soul Burgers Jewelry, Ridgeland.
14: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3
13: listening of
0: course back to the jt show and guest host dave hughes on super talk mississippi
1: with you on the JT Show on this Monday, MLK Day. Gerard Gibbard in the chair, Rhino in the booth, Mike Hurst, U.S. Attorney, our guest in the studio. So, so Mike, we were talking about, uh, before we went to the break, the, the unemployment uh, fraud. That's just flat out fraud. That's it not is. mistakes. That's no. fraud, and it has defrauded the taxpayers.
26: What's the figure in Mississippi? It's uh, last I checked, I think we were up to close to three hundred million dollars. Three hundred million dollars of unemployment fraud. That's three hundred million. That's correct. And um, it's you know we we have seen. From the evidence, organized crime. We've seen from the evidence, prisoners in jail. We've seen it oh, all over the, the board. Yeah. all over the board. And it's not just it's not just a, a national type of scheme. It's an international type of scheme.
1: So what happens is, as you know, in an in an effort to expedite money to people truly out of work because they're frankly their government shut down their business or or the economy at large, and they no longer have employment. And they're truly in need. So in an effort to help those people in uh, a genuine manner, you got all these bad actors that come in and just muck it up yeah. and steal taxpayer money that's just less all, we have for the people who
26: truly need it. Right, all, all the fraud detection devices, all the fraud pr- protection um it's everything's taken off because like you said we want to get that money directly to those who need it but sure. we saw the a, almost exact same thing after Katrina when FEMA started sending money down and I believe at that time after Katrina, our office was carrying about 2,000 cases of FEMA fraud. Oh, Can you imagine gosh. how much bigger this is going to be? Because, not this is, think about this. This is $300 million worth of fraud in the little bitty state of Mississippi. Now, think about that of the rest of the 49 states throughout the country.
1: I, I want to say, uh, Rhino, you remember this from the summer when we had the unemployment folks uh, on the air. Uh, a report had just been released within a few weeks. The state of Washington had experienced six hundred and fifty million dollars. I think they're it.
26: over a billion now it's in the state be. of Washington. It's yeah. got to be. And I've spoken to the U.S. attorney up there in Seattle because we, Washington State and Mississippi, for whatever reason, were two of the first states that were really being hit by huh. this unemployment fraud. And it's it's gotten to be so big here that the Department of Justice has have e- they have even given us a brand new prosecutor to address just unemployment fraud.
1: So we got to spend more money and expand bureaucracy. To go fight uh, more after illegal Katrina, activity after
26: Katrina, I think our office received four or five new prosecutors just for Katrina fraud. So you're exactly right.
1: Well, it's just, uh,
26: but it's you know, insane. the good the good news is, over the last three years, we've done a lot of incredible work. You know, in, in fiscal year 19, our office was the number one medium sized U.S. Attorney's office in the nation for indictments and number of defendants indicted. We set a record that year, indicting more individuals, more defendants, criminal defendants, uh, federally, than had ever been indicted in the history of the state of Mississippi, while Mm. at the same time, well, at the same time with the last three years, um, we have sent over $1.7 million back to the U.S. Treasury. We're doing incredibly more with even less money and and saving the taxpayer money, so we're very proud of the productivity we've put out in the last three and a half years. So, Jerry in Boonville wants to know that you're
1: doing a heck of a job while in office. and thank you, Jerry. That you will be missed. I really
26: appreciate that.
1: um, Jeff in Hattiesburg, what does he say there, Rhino? Sounds like
6: they steal much less than the politicians.
26: <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, we, we have done incredible uh, work in Hattiesburg. We started a Project Eject Task Force down there to go after violent crime. We were able to prosecute in federal mm-hmm. court um, a murder that happened at the Mugshots restaurant down there that the locals uh, were instrumental in helping us prosecute, but for whatever reason could not get those individuals locally. Yeah. And, um, you know, just this past Friday, we sentenced the mastermind of the largest health fraud scheme in our state's history Wade Walters to 18 years in federal prison for this literal national uh, fraudulent scheme that he concocted dealing with compounding pharmacies where doctors nurses pharmacists yeah. the like have all gone to prison so um, yeah I can't say good enough things about the prosecutors in our office the support staff the federal state and local law enforcement partners we have I really truly believe we have the best in the nation that's good to hear no no shortage unfortunately of crooks and illegal activity. that's right that's right and we all pay for it we do we do and we've seen you know when I first came into office we really started to focus on violent crime in the City of Jackson, at the time, I think the city was ranked seventh in the nation for deadliest uh, cities, and we instituted this project Eject. We lowered violent crime that first year by seven percent, which means a uh, hundred and eight. Citizens of Jackson did not become victims of violent crime that year, and we expanded Project Eject to Meridian, to Hattiesburg, to Natchez, and just last year to Gulfport. And again, um, the the numbers that are coming in, the individuals that are being taken off the streets, the legal guns that are being taken off the street, has really been positive, and we've seen a reduction in crime in those areas. Yeah,
1: and and so necessary uh, to combat crime, especially it's. It's disheartening to know that in our capital city, in our state, that that we rank so
26: high in that regard. It is. And I I would tell your listeners, you know, we we have pushed hard in Jackson over the last three years, even against a a local uh, mayor, a local city leadership that didn't necessarily have the same priorities of fighting violent crime that we had. And in the first two years, we prosecuted over 100 violent offenders in Jackson in federal court. Last year, unfortunately, Gerard – We only received about 20 cases from Jackson Police Department to prosecute. Um, I was told last week we had 118 carjackings last year in Jackson. 118 carjackings. That's a federal crime. Hmm. Do you know how many of those 118 cases were brought to us to prosecute? Hmm. Zero.
1: So what's the deal?
26: Is there just no interest in pursuing those crimes? Well, I, I crimes, think again, or? I think it's a mayor here in our capital city that does not have the same priorities of fighting violent crime, and frankly, he doesn't have the he doesn't he doesn't support our law enforcement. You know, a city of Jackson did a study about twenty years ago that said we need over six hundred police officers to effectively bring down violent crime. I read the study. We have less than three hundred. I read the study. You know, That's the right. mayor. You, you saw a couple of weeks ago the the burnout on I-55, and the mayor's response is, well, my policy is Jackson police officers cannot pursue criminals. I was talking to a a woman. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? (laughs) They can't pursue criminals? They cannot pursue criminals. That is the policy of the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. The police officers are not allowed to pursue criminals. I, I'm scratching my head. I, what? I, so
1: it's not. we're not just saying they can't pursue those who blocked the interstate and made fools of
26: themselves there. The mayor, the day after that happened, went on, he had a big press conference downtown can't pursue criminals. and his response to the news media is, the our policy is, just, because, just the same way we don't like Rankin County Sheriff's Office, Madison County Sheriff's Office, whomever outside I the district you. pursuing I, inside of I Jackson, we don't let our Jackson police officers pursue criminals. I was talking to a lady I know that lives in the city of Jackson and her response was if that's the case then every criminal throughout the state of Mississippi are going to come to Jackson yeah. and find haven. Sure, descend upon the capital city to commit their crimes. And that's, you know, that's what the city citizens of Jackson do not want. They do not want all the criminals coming there. They want their police officers walking the beats. They want their police officers pursuing criminals. This is just absolutely asinine what I've seen over the last two years. Well, Mike, how does law enforcement in the city of Jackson, the city of Jackson Police
1: Department, feel about that? They seem to be noble servants of the people, absolutely. And you can't say this is a racial thing. I don't know what the makeup is, but the vast majority of the police officers
26: in the city of Jackson, I think, are African American. They are, and and like you said, they are doing their job as the best they can. But you think about it; they're being asked to serve in the most dangerous city in the state. By my accounts, the second dangerous city in America and they're being paid less than nothing. all of their peers locally and throughout the state and on top of all that they have a mayor that has put a target on their back because if there's an officer involved shooting no matter if it's justified no matter if there's an investigation nothing the mayor's policy is we're going to release the names of those officers within 72 hours and he's no just questions he's taking his lead obviously from uh... the the
1: leftist democrat leaders that are of course denouncing uh, policing and you got this nut, the Los Angeles district attorney, I'm sure you've kept up with that somewhat, That's that against the will of the hundreds of attorneys that work in his office, is, he's basically done the same thing. He's called off prosecution, the poverty defense for certain crimes right. and so forth.
26: Well, and, and watching the, the quote-unquote defund the police movement last year, Gallup did a poll in August of last year, and they found that 82 percent of African-Americans want the same or more police officers in their communities, on their streets, in their neighborhoods. And the city of Jackson is no different. They want safety. They want security. That is a basic human need. Sure. And we're doing all we can in the U.S. Attorney's Office to make sure that happens. We got the music coming in, you know, that means we're about to go, but what's your plan?
1: What do you do? What are well, you
26: gonna do? Well, I, I will. I will be telling you in a few days. But I'm um, going back to private practice. I'm a little rusty. It's been about 17 years since I've been I in the think private you got sector. It. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm gonna miss my my friends and, and frankly, my family now at the U.S. Attorney's Office. But uh, I'll still be around. I'll still be fighting for Mississippi. Thank you for all you did, Mike,
1: and thanks for helping to keep Mississippi uh, safe and secure. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank
26: you. I appreciate it.
1: Mike Hurst, U.S. Attorney, he's moving on. We look forward to following him in his career and perhaps his political ambitions. Stay with us here on the JT Show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Yeah!
12: Hey y'all, I'm Kayla Clark with Ace Bolton Screw Company. We have been locally owned and owner operated
3: for over 50 years. Come see our newly expanded store for all your tool needs. Our goal is to serve you and help you get the job done right with some of our power and hand tools from the biggest brands, but without the big box prices. DeWalt, Milwaukee, Makita,
7: Channel Lock, Irwin, and Lennox to name a few. Ace Bolton Screw Company, proudly,
12: locally owned and operated. Jackson, Tupelo, Atlanta, and Gluckstadt.
27: Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at DanksMillerCorey.com.
23: I'm
3: Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to News Mississippi. Nobody struck it rich in Mega Millions or Powerball, so the winnings just keep on growing. The Mega Millions jackpot has climbed to an estimated $850 million with a cash value of $628.2 million. The next drawing is tomorrow night. In the Powerball, the estimated current jackpot is $730 million with a cash value of $546 million. The next drawing is Wednesday. Vaccine supply is a problem in Mississippi. Dr. Mark Horn, president of the Mississippi State Medical Association, explains why.
23: There's just greater demand than there is
3: supply right now. He says what they do have on hand is already reserved. Every
23: dose that we've been given is committed and is being placed in arms as fast as it can be placed.
3: The next major delivery of vaccine isn't expected until mid-February. I'm Kelly Bennett.
15: Catfish farming has always been a passion for me. I was raised up on a catfish farm. I was born into it. But the only thing I love more than catfish farming is my children and my family. I'm Will Noble from Moorhead, Mississippi, and I'm proud to be the 2020 Mississippi Catfish Farmer of the Year. People all across America love to eat U.S. farm-raised catfish, and I'm proud to be able to produce it right here in the Mississippi Delta.
10: Confidence. Peace of mind. A way forward. During tough times, these are the things we all want. And with the personalized help of a Trustmark relationship manager, it's something we can find together. That's why Trustmark is standing by business owners. No matter what challenges you may be facing, we are here with a suite of financial services to help you find a path forward. Learn more at Trustmark.com business.
1: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show. We're not gonna take it. Gerard Gibbert in today, along with Rhino, and we'll be in all week. All right. So it is now 11:37. Uh, The segment begins, and now we will take callers here at Super Talk on the JT show you can give us a call at 888-808-8637. I'll just ask the question since it's MLK Day. Do you think that uh, re- race relations in the United States have improved significantly since uh, Martin Luther King's famous speech in 1963 where he he called for Americans uh, to recognize people on the basis of their character rather than the color of their skin and judge them accordingly, as opposed to their physical attributes. So we talked about that at the beginning of the show, and looks like we've got a caller on the line there. This is brand new deal here at Supertalk, starting today, really excited about that, just trying to give people a voice and show that we are in opposition to much of the free speech censoring that's going on across the country and we ain't gonna take it as they say so really appreciate uh, Mike coming in Mike Hurst. he just did awesome work uh, here in the in the state in central Mississippi as US uh, attorney and like I said he absolutely applies the law consistently and uh, in accordance with the law, and it's just just awesome. And, and he's we need more people like Mike that uh, understand that the job of an attorney and an, an adjudicator is to apply justice in a blind fashion and not with a political slant or by infusing their own political views and and uh, and philosophy into uh, their work. We just don't have enough judges and have enough attorneys in the public square, in particular, that see things that way. So once again, folks, give us a call here. We'll talk about whatever you like, by the way. I just threw a question out there with respect to uh, MLK and his dream and it being MLK Day. So 888-808-8637. What do you think there, Rhino? I guess that wasn't a caller for us, huh? Yeah,
6: it's Charles in the Delta. He's
1: on line one. for oh, you. awesome, Charles. Go ahead, man.
17: Yeah, man. I uh, appreciate y'all. Y'all do a good job. Listen to you all the time. Thank you. Look, uh, several weeks ago, y'all uh, made a statement that uh, y- y'all had had the information that said that the carbon dioxide, according to global global warming, carbon dioxide has been reduced by seven percent since the coronavirus and all started. Well, if you look it up on the computer, the amount of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere is not but point zero four, which is way less than 1%. Now, they might have been talking about 7% of that point zero four. I don't know. But that's like taking a piece of pie, dividing it into 100 pieces, taking one of those pieces, dividing it into 100 pieces, and taking four of those pieces... And that's how much carbon dioxide is in our atmosphere. Now, you can look it up on S-Siri or any other computer, and that's what they'll tell you, 0.04. But, uh, you know, we could just plant more and more and more trees. <laughs> if, we, if we were to get rid of all the carbon dioxide, all the plants would die in this, in this world. <laughs> so a lot of people are not uh, thinking really or... I don't
1: know, but that's the facts of the matter, and I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate you calling. So uh, I would, uh, you know, I would say to that, I have seen similar reports It basically said because we shut down economic activity uh, so much that folks were driving less, commuting less, working from home, uh, flying in airplanes less. I mean, all the things that emit carbon dioxide, and that's that's kind of a worldwide phenomenon. So I think it stands to reason that that. Would reduce CO2 emissions, the extent to which that kind of affects global, so-called global warming or climate change, however you want to describe it, frankly, that's above my pay grade. Uh, you know, I, I've always said that I'm kind of an amateur meteorologist that some days are just warmer than others, the way I see it. Um, but the thing that I think concerns me more than anything, to Charles's point is, is that the Biden administration has made it very clear that climate change will be front and center in every single policy, every single law, every single executive order they make. They view that as, as uh, the biggest threat uh, to our country and, and to our world and so you, you just get but it gets off the rails and, and the United States really isn't the culprit. It's not the United States that's causing the problem. We have come, uh, I was reading this morning that uh, auto emissions, you know, since there's been a concerted effort to reduce auto emissions, it's down like 80% since the 90s, which is just insane uh, good. And that's just because the private sector is just really, really good at what they do. And uh, making cars more fuel efficient and emit more, or excuse, excuse me, less emissions is something they were able to do. So we got uh... ron in columbia on the line wants to talk about race relations morning ron thanks for calling
28: hey how you doing this morning great what's up i just want to share something with everybody you know in my childhood i'm seventy one years old now and in my childhood i was very fortunate to have a wonderful father that was a full bird colonel in the army and my education i grew up you know, going to school on army bases. And I spent eight years and I graduated from Nuremberg American High School in Nuremberg, Germany. And I attended that school for eight years. And being in a military family, you know, we lived next door. I mean, my next door neighbor, we shared a garage, you know, with a black family, with Hispanic families. And we went to school, and this was in 62, 63, you know? Yeah. And we all went to school together. You know, black kids, white kids, uh, uh, Oriental kids. It didn't make any difference to us. We were just kids. And not one time, not one time in my whole educational career, was there ever a question, or did we ever have a problem with differences among the kids. We were just kids. Yeah. And it was a wonderful education system. So the point I'm trying to make is sometimes I feel that people trying to point out you got a problem. You know, uh you've got a problem with this. And sometimes I think our government and people just stir the pot for no reason at all. And you know, society polices itself. And left alone, you know, and then I I spent 30 years living in New Orleans. I'm a musician, you know, and not one time have I ever had a a racial problem with anybody or uh, or, or what have you. Uh, But, you know, I moved to Mississippi in 1995, and I was shocked to see the racial indifference, not just whites toward the blacks, but also the blacks toward the whites here in Mississippi. And I often wondered. What causes this, you know, I I, I go to a non-denominational church in New Orleans, you know, I went to that church, you know, for 10 years, and and, uh, there's black, white, different denominations, and never did we ever look upon each other as as that, and I just don't understand, you know, just a difference of 100 miles or 150 miles, why there's got to be such a difference, you know, in people's skin. Or the way they worship, or, or or just life in general, and I think sometimes you know some of these politicians and the government stirs the pot for their own benefit, you know, to point out that you've got a problem and all this, and a lot of people don't realize they got a problem until a lot of these politicians yeah. try to try to egg it on, and I truly believe that because we don't have a problem as far as as far as people, we'll police ourselves. Yeah, and um, you know we don't have a problem, but Pre- you know, but people make a problem out of it. Follow what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, appreciate the call, uh, Ron. And and uh, frankly, I I agree with you. It's uh, it, it, the civil rights movement, which was really, it, it, I think you could argue was was uh, found its genesis with Martin Luther King. It's been somewhat hijacked uh, by the grievance in the victim industry, in, in my opinion, and so it's necessary to keep uh, the African-American community, in particular, in a constant state of just agitation and anger and hostility uh, towards, uh, I think, the other side and and folks that aren't like them. And it's because the, the people that are inciting that, frankly, are white progressives, white liberals, who derive power and often money from it and the message in my view is that we don't have any confidence on in you with your 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 race and your ability to function in society. We gotta help you and do it for you. Vote for me. Give me money to do so. That's kind of my take on it. But appreciate that call, Ryan. We got a break coming up. We'll be back with a final segment of the second hour, and then we got Mississippi Outdoors Radio coming up at noon.
20: If you need a cash infusion after all your Christmas expenses, perhaps we can help at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry in Flowood. At DNS Diamonds, we are always purchasing diamonds, precious stones, gold, silver, and platinum in the form of jewelry or a scrap. We truly believe we pay more than anyone else for your pre owned, broken, or unwanted jewelry. With gold prices hovering at near record levels, now is a great time to sell. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry, 144 Market Street across from Amerigo in Flowood.
2: Dave Logan, General Manager Canon Nissan of Jackson 2021 is here The time has never been better for a new Nissan The remaining 2020 models Have large rebates, great opportunity To save money Here are a few great specials at Canon Nissan of Jackson 2020
27: Nissan Altima SR 3200 off MSRP Plus .9% APR For 72 months LC230459 2020 Nissan Sentra SV 2700 off MSRP LY30 5450. And the all new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Up to $2,000 off MSRP with 2.9% APR for 72 months. MW
22: 101377.
2: Canon Nissan of Jackson. Our service department and parts department open six days a week. All safety protocols are in place for your safety. No appointment needed. We have over 700 pre owned vehicles available. Remember, when the smoke clears,
15: nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody. This is the midday agri market report. Cotton prices and demand are remarkably strong despite the ongoing worldwide pandemic and financial crisis. Economic and policy experts met during the recent belt cotton conference virtually. March cotton futures surpassed 82 cents per pound on January 13th. That's up more than 30 cents in the past 10 months. The latest USDA projections indicate the US cotton use and exports will eclipse production during the 2020 21 marketing year for the first time in three years which is a good sign for prices but is the cotton price trend and the demand sustainable several factors depend on that according to jody campese the vice president of economics and policy analyst for the national cotton council of america which hosted the virtual event factors include how fast the pandemic succeeds now with vaccines being administered and when people can get back to their normal routines and spending habits i'm dixon williams and this is the mississippi agri-news network when
21: it comes to growing cotton, I'm looking for results. That's why I choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. The powerful combination of Bullguard 3 Extend Flex cotton and Extendimax herbicide with VaporGrip technology means I'm getting built-in pest protection and an increased spectrum of control of insects like bollworms and tobacco budworm, on top of effective weed control. That adds up to stronger yield potential. In fact, Bullgard 3 Extend Flex Cotton showed an 87 pound per acre advantage on average versus top planted phytogen varieties. It's no wonder the Roundup Ready Extend crop system is the number one choice for so many of us. For me, the choice is easy. I choose results.
20: I choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. Yield claims are based on 2017 to 2019 Bayer Trials. extend to max is a restricted-use pesticide. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
14: we here back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. with all the news, weather, traffic, and info you need to start your day in the Jackson metro area. Right now, more of the JT Show on Supertalk Mississippi 97.3. <laughs>
0: The JT show continues. Who is it? Who's that? Who's that? With guest host Dave Hughes on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back everyone, the JT Show Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard Gibbert in the chair along with Rhino. So Rhino, there was some sort of security issue up and around the Capitol. Was it the Capitol or the White House today?
6: I believe it was closer to the Capitol, but it was not on the grounds of the Capitol and out of an abundance of caution, there was a lockdown and a partial evacuation But it turns out it was just a bonfire at a homeless
1: camp under a bridge. A bonfire at a homeless camp. Well, it's one of those things where when when are you reacting appropriately, when are you underreacting, when are you overreacting? It's it's become a fine line, and it's a difficult call, uh, I would say. So it turned out to be nothing. Correct. This feels a lot like... If
6: you remember after the Boston Marathon bombing, there was a, a big hoopla over a viral marketing campaign where people would make these little LED signs and stuck them up all over the country. But in Boston, you had people on high alert seeing these devices in strange places and started calling it in. So I would imagine in D.C., everybody's on high alert. You've got National Guard troops everywhere, all these barricades and security checkpoints. Because you're on edge and on that high alert, somebody saw some smoke coming from an area, in the area, so decided to send it up the chain, and that's where we are.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, glad that uh, that turned out to be nothing. And, of course, we're a short two days away from the big deal up around uh, the Capitol. The inauguration is certainly going to be unprecedented in our history. I think the way this one is is going to uh, unfold with the massive amount of National Guard troops. Uh, I think we've even sent some from here in Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, About 100. Uh, okay. Up to Washington. My good friend, uh, General Durr Boyles, used to play softball with Durr years ago. and um, But uh, unprecedented situation. We certainly hope no matter what, that there isn't any kind of unrest or upheaval that occurs. That would not be in the best interest of our country. I saw a photo yesterday that I think ended up going viral, but someone took a photo of the Capitol uh, from just outside the fence that had been erected around it with the barbed wire. It looks like a stalag. You, You can't believe that's the United States of America, that it's come to that. And regardless of your political philosophy, um, the party with which, if any, that you are affiliated, that's just not good. Not a good look. It was It was disheartening. Fear and ignorance drive
6: people to do strange and sometimes silly things. No like question. The, uh, the gentleman, did you see the story out of Chicago this morning? There was a California man who had been living in the secure area of Chicago O'Hare Airport since October. He had somehow gotten his hands on some program director or manager's badge and was living in the secure area of the airport until a couple days ago. And the whole reason he was doing it, like the authorities can't figure out if he has any ties in Chicago, why he was in Chicago, because he's from California. But the whole reason he said he was doing it is because he was afraid of going home to California because of COVID. Oh, wow.
1: That's bizarre. That's just crazy. So, there is a bit of an irony, though, with respect to the incoming, more progressive administration. And that where is, we're, we're using... Force. we're using authority, we're using law enforcement, we're using military, we're using fences and other security devices to protect property, protect people. Why don't we seem to get that same sort of verve attitude in our cities, such as we saw? this summer, and to some extent still occurring with the unrest and the riots and the destruction of property. Why, why don't we approach that with vigor as well? Why does it only apply in certain cases? It's, it's double standard stuff, and, and I'm not giving necessarily a pass to uh, some folks on the right either. I'm just – in our society in general, this whole double standard narrative is out of control. And I I think it aggravates people. I know it does me. And so what we end up with is, rather than talking about sensible policy and solving problems in in action, we just end up in a bunch of eye-poking and and divisive rhetoric being tossed about that doesn't really move the needle towards improving the quality of life. A lot to talk about, but the big inauguration coming up, and the day before it, a lot of stuff. We're going to have a good time talking about that. Now we got folks calling in as well. So engaging discussion. Appreciate you joining us today for Hour 2. We're going to take a break for the news and come back with Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Stay tuned to Super Talk Mississippi.
22: Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. President Trump's expected to pardon or shorten the prison sentences of 50 to 100 more people before leaving office Wednesday at noon.
12: Sources tell Fox News a large batch could come tomorrow. Rapper Lil Wayne, who pleaded guilty to a weapons charge last month, is expected to be on the list. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange not expected to get a pardon. It's still unclear whether former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, charged in a fraud probe, will get a reprieve. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has said the president should not give pardons to those who stormed the U.S. Capitol.
22: Fox's Rachel Sutherland, a poisoned opposition leader arrested after his return to Russia yesterday, remains in custody.
12: Hours after
23: the U.S. demanded Alexei Navalny be freed, a judge in Moscow has jailed him for 30 days.
3: <laughs> Posting on
23: Instagram, Navalny is urging supporters to take to the streets.
22: Fox's Simon Owen. America's listening to Fox News.
19: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflick with Capital Dental, where we create a comfortable environment for our patients. Capital Dental offers general and family dentistry and teeth whitening. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive.
10: Selling your vehicle? We'll buy it. Need to put it on our lot? We'll consign it. Just need a new ride for the new you? We'll trade it. Pinnacle Motors needs you, well, need your vehicle. Steve Owen and the friendly staff of Pinnacle Motors is buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 at Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon, and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Pinnacle Motors needs you, well, needs your vehicle. Quality vehicles, affordable prices. Pinnacle Motors.
3: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to News Mississippi. Former Mississippi Supreme Court Justice Reuben Anderson was the keynote speaker at Mississippi State's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Unity Day event.
11: I first heard him speak when I was a student at Tougaloo College in 1962. And I knew at that time that I wanted to be a part of the civil rights movement.
3: Anderson talked about King's unique leadership style.
11: Dr. King was successful because all of his career, he espoused nonviolence.
3: The Mississippi National Guard has deployed soldiers to DC ahead of the president-elect's inauguration. Consisting of approximately 100 soldiers,
25: Task Force Mississippi left for the nation's capital last Friday. From all 50 states, a total of 25,000 members of the National Guard will be in Washington.
3: That's more than the number of troops in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. From a business perspective, the COVID vaccine can be a powerful weapon. Mike Petters, president and CEO of huntington Ingalls Shipbuilding, explains.
29: Since March of last year, every time that we think we do something, something else happens, and we've had to react and put in a new protocol or put in a new defense mechanism, you know, masks and plexiglass, testing and cleaning and all that sort of stuff. The vaccine gives us a chance to go
3: on the offensive against the virus for the first time. Our state was hit hard with a record high number of COVID-related deaths last week. Dr. Nicholas Conger, an infectious disease specialist with Memorial in Gulfport, says it's especially hard on health care workers.
13: They really take the brunt of it. They see the sickest of the sick patients, and they see the death day in and day out. And it's never easy, even when you know it's coming. There were
3: 98 deaths reported last Tuesday, the largest amount in a single day since the beginning of the pandemic. I'm Kelly Bennett.
19: Y'all know that in Mississippi, we have some of our most fun experiences outdoors, especially during hunting season. Hi, this is Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Each year, our agency provides services to Mississippians who have been injured in hunting accidents. Please remember, ATVs are not toys. Always wear a helmet, only have one rider at a time, ride an ATV that's right for your age, and supervise young riders. This hunting season, when it
25: comes to ATVs, remember to ride safe and ride smart.
14: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson ninety seven point three.
0: You're listening to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the GT Show is presented by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. The Foundation supports projects associated with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks to protect and preserve Mississippi's wonderful wildlife heritage for generations to come.
7: Riding through the bayou,
24: headed for the sky blue, back on the trail again and again. Hiking and hunting and fishing the land.
30: it's time for mississippi outdoors radio again on super talk mississippi and we are joined back in studio by the one the only adam butler how you doing today sir i'm doing good dave how are you good to have you back you last week yeah 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 you took your snow day a week early (laughs) yeah
31: i guess you could say that yeah
30: yeah it happens sometimes yeah
31: man my look this this snow thing my kids they weren't excited they were not i'm not exaggerating they were not as excited about christmas a couple of weeks ago as they were last night anticipating the
30: snow well christmas comes every year snow yeah yeah maybe maybe not you don't know uh you got josh carver here did you build a snowman josh i thought
29: about it but i didn't get out there and get all wet and nasty this morning since i knew i was going to have to come see you today
30: dave no, he stayed pretty for us. That's right. There you go. It was very pretty good. Pretty right? for the radio, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you do what you got to do. Uh, now the snow coming in, uh, and it came in in some places more than expected. I know we said in the last segment in uh, Edinburgh, four and a half inches. See, I don't need to go
31: tell the kids that we we're there in the in the Brandon area, and it you know we got a little dusting, but it it wasn't a whole lot. They, they I, before I left this morning. Uh, they made a little snowman, and he was, he was about four inches tall. You know, that's all they could muster up. But,
30: man. But they made a snowman. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. that's what's important. Now, what does this do to the, the animals? What are the deer doing right now? Because they're not used to seeing this in Mississippi. You know, I, I, I don't know that it affects them a ton. I, I just this morning, drinking
31: coffee, looked out. I'm pretty sure I saw a buck chasing his doe in the woodlot behind our house. Um, you know, they're going to feed more. Obviously, it's cold, you know, um Squirrels are stirring around. You know, all the little songbirds are out at the bird feeders, hitting those really hard. But I don't know that it affects things too much. Um, we've already we were at the office before we came over here, and and getting calls. You know, getting calls, people wondering, hey, can I still go deer hunting? Can I can I do this? Can I do that? And you know, does the snow affect it? And you know, you'd be surprised at how many of those calls we take on days like today. Um, doesn't really affect anything legally. Interestingly, there is only one law on the books that quail shall not be hunted when there's snow on the ground and it, it it's actually in state statute 49 777 it says all quail shall be protected from all hunting when the ground is covered by snow and it dates back to 1932 so by law can't quail hunt today but everything else is still on the table.
30: What was Can't the purpose of that? What brought that up, <laughs> I, I wonder?
31: I, I don't know. It's one of those, like I said, it's been on there um, for you almost know, 100 years. Yeah, almost 100 years. I don't know what, were, what they were thinking at the time, but it's actually in statute, so there you go.
30: But everything else, fair game everything else fair game we don't have any any rules covering anything else you know i would think today would actually be a pretty good day to be out there looking yeah, for
31: deer i mean it's you know from a from you know a deer hunting standpoint like i said you know they they're burning a lot of calories and i don't know that the snow makes it any different than the fact that it's it's you know the air temperature is not going to get very high today and it hasn't for the last several days so you know they're having to burn a lot of calories that means they've got to intake more food that means they're probably going to be on their feet a little bit more when you've got it you know overcast conditions like today it tends to make them move a little bit more during the daytime so uh if if you had a snow day it might not be a bad idea to get on a deer stand
30: yeah i would think it would be a pretty good day yeah, for it myself yeah. you know and bad and the snow you know kind of tends to dampen down the noise a little yeah, bit yeah makes it definitely a different experience you know
31: I'd, I'd be curious you know if any of the listeners are out or were on a deer stand this morning or, or planning to go what they're seeing and hearing um i don't know I tell you what I do yeah. know, Dave. I, you know, here in Mississippi, when we get you know the odd snow every third year or something like that, it's cool. You know, get to see it, it's neat. The kids get excited. I'm I'm glad I don't live in a place oh, yeah. where I have to deal with the snow like all winter long. That w-
30: it, it it would get really old. I think. I think it would get old about day two, real <laughs> yeah. quick.
31: I'd
12: be
30: done real yeah. quick yeah. at that yeah. point. Uh, I got a text in from Capaya County. I uh, got a deer hanging up his buddy took. 18 and three-quarter wide, 175 pounds. Taxidermist is going to get the sample, get it checked. There you go. Uh, awesome. So his buddy got that one, which brings us neatly around to samples. Yeah. So we had a, a little news
31: on the CWD front last week. Um, we confirmed um, suspect positives in two new counties. And and I'm going to you know, kind of parse that out. Suspect in that um, the test... As, as we've probably talked about here on the show before, you know, our agency's taking all these samples from all over the state, and we're submitting them and working in partnership with the Mississippi State University uh, Veterinary Diagnostic Lab in Pearl. They got, uh, through the legislature, one of the ELISA testing machines, so we can do tests here. But CWD is a pretty serious disease, so we don't rely on just one lab's test to say we have a confirmed positive. Anytime that the lab here gets a suspected positive, they then send that uh, sample to Ames, Iowa, where a national lab then confirms it. So right now, um, we got two, well, we, we, we got last week, a couple of results came back as suspect positive, which would be new counties, TiPA and Alcorn. Uh, those samples are as I said, they're they're in the lab in, in Iowa right now, waiting to
30: be confirmed. But not a uh, big surprise because those are right up there around. That's right. Benton that's County, right. It's so. not
31: you know, um, it, it should be taken very seriously. And it's and if I were you know in, in Tipper or Alcorn County, that's not news I would want to hear. But not necessarily something we should be totally surprised about because as we know that. Um, that big cluster of positives in, in Southern Tennessee that's kind of bleeding over into Mississippi. I mean, you look at the map, this is right there on the, you know, on, on the fringe of that bullseye. So not at all surprising. Um, right now, it doesn't change anything regulatory wise. You know, those counties were already in the CWD management zone and and are treated that way in terms of feeding and that kind of stuff. Um, so nothing changes there. Other than, you know, we're you know more and more counties are now in the in the red category yeah
30: and you know that's the positives as far as we know that's right and that's That's where the problem comes in with getting the sampling from the hunters as they're going out into the woods and coming back out with whatever they took that day we we need more response on that don't we?
31: yeah we're running behind this year you know I, i don't you know hate hate to say it we're you know we we have asked the hunters of the state to help us with this to bring samples to us so that we can get a better handle on where the disease is and where it isn't. We had set a goal this year for 10,000 samples and I think as of my, my, our last my last look I could be a little off but we're we're only about halfway there. Uh, with you know what, three weeks in left in deer season for most of the state. Of course, the southeast part of the state goes you know a little bit longer than that. Got on, uh, a full month and, and a few days left there. But um, you know we're on the the back end of deer season. My, all my 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 buddies are starting to think of other things. You know you know they they are still going to get out in the deer woods, but I think their minds already turned into other pursuits. Um, so you know we need we still need hunters to help us. We still need hunters to bring in those samples and. Um, we hope that we hope we will get more uh, we have another mandatory sampling weekend coming up this weekend in southeast Mississippi so um, you know roughly kind of Hattiesburg to the south and um, that part of the state so if you take a deer in that part of the state this weekend you're mandatory mandatorily required to drop it off at one of our sampling locations we will have some um, check stations there where we'll have people there that will pull the sample for you if you bring it uh all that information is available on our website and and, and i'm sure
30: you're gonna be you know social media out and all that kind of thing uh, and but, i think we need to go over this one more time the definition of the word mandatory, that doesn't mean if you get around to it or if you think about it, that means if you take a deer, you turn in the sample, right, period. Right,
31: And I, I said Hattiesburg South. is actually a little bit further north than that. It's basically, you know, Jeff Davis, Marion on the west through Covington-Jones-Wayne on the north side and then everything back down towards the coast. And Pretty much every one of those counties is going to have a drop-off freezer, and we're going to have, you know, like I said, several uh, check stations um, scattered throughout um, Collins, Hattiesburg, and Wiggins, I believe. So, if you take a deer in southeast Mississippi, got to get it
30: tested this weekend. There's somebody with a picture of the deer they took said they're out. <laughs> 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 That's good news for. Uh... William and Tupelo, he says, Saltillo here. I'm headed to the stand. It, I think it's a good day for it. Seriously. I think it will be a good day. I, I I I would get there early. That's what I would do. I think, you
31: know, as soon as we wrap up this this conversation, if you got the day off, go get on the deer stand. That's what I'm saying.
30: Exactly. Uh, and you know, the the when you take it in, and we had the one earlier where they the taxidermist was taking care of the sample and getting it tested, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of taxidermists that we are do. doing that. Uh, you, you need to do everything you can to get those samples taken and tested so that we can figure out how to block this and stop this and contain it and keep it under control as much as possible or it's going to wreck everything. Yeah,
31: absolutely. It, it's... It... Don't have to, You know, I hate, I hate we have to keep reiterating it um, but it is sort of a a long-term, slow problem. You know, it, it's not going to... It's not going to change the world here you know, next year but if you look... years down the road that's when you start getting scared of of what may happen if if CWD goes unchecked.
30: I said it a month or two ago what we're trying to do here is make sure your grandkids can go hunting in Mississippi like you've been able to hunt. We will continue on Mississippi Outdoors Radio next.
5: Hey guys, I'm Michael Clark with Ace Bolton Screw Company. We have been locally owned and operated for over 50 years. Come by and check out our newly remodeled store. We've got all the biggest brands power tools and hand tools. Dewalt, Milwaukee, Makita, Channel Lock, Irwin, and Lennox, just to name a few. Let us help you get the job done right. Come see us at Ace Bolton Screw Company, Jackson, Tupelo, Atlanta, and Gluckstadt.
2: Dave Logan, General Manager, Canon Nissan of Jackson 2021 is here, the time has never been better for a new Nissan The remaining 2020 models have large rebates, great opportunity to save money Here are a few great specials at Canon Nissan of Jackson 2020
27: Nissan Altima SR, 3200 off MSRP plus 0.9% APR for 72 months LC 230459 2020 Nissan Sentra SV, 2700 off MSRP LY30 And the all new 2021 Nissan Rogue, up to $2,000 off MSRP with 2.9% APR for 72 months. MW 101377.
2: Canon Nissan of Jackson, our service department and parts department open six days a week. All safety protocols are in place for your safety. No appointment needed. We have over 700 pre owned vehicles available. Remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody.
10: That's 601-345-8090 Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com.
16: This is Home Answers Radio and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks they're asking for trouble Would you
20: agree?
8: Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology
5: can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more
20: affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call
5: Bulldog
14: Construction at 601-853-4242.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi.
30: mississippi outdoors radio super talk mississippi and we have in studio with us adam butler wildlife biologist and josh carver uh, marketing com- and communications coordinator makes you look good and sound good basically that's right yeah he's the guy we try i like that yeah like, that's a he's good the, job description he's the face behind the scenes mm. you know i i was gonna ask about ducks and earlier uh we had when we were asking people to send in pictures and i'll never find it now Uh, Asking people to text in on the Sea Spire text line uh, pictures of the snow in their area, and somebody texted one in. Do you remember where that was, Rhino? That had this enormous flock of ducks flying overhead when he took the picture i mean it was probably 50 he probably doesn't want to, yeah he probably doesn't want you, yeah, to, to, you want me to say that. where that was he's hoping <laughs> that i forget where it was permanently <laughs> yeah. but uh i mean it was a beautiful uh, yeah. shot and a lot of ducks and uh, the, they were probably active today i would think yeah
31: so. and you know the as you did the the, the front and everything's it, it's it's pushing them on down i mean our, our um our duck season is set up such that it just gets better and better as January goes on, and um, I talked to the guys at the office, the, uh, the 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 duck biologists, and they flew one of their aerial surveys last week. You know where they get up in the, in the little plane and fly low and slow across the delta looking for ducks, and um, the results were not you know totally in, but the general consensus that they thought was that there's definitely more duck habitat available you know all the rain and stuff we've gotten over the last week or 10 days is um you know flooded more stuff there's more water out there and um there seem to be more ducks in the delta as you go north and east in the delta which makes sense you know Tallahatchie county panola county up through that part of the world has always kind of been a, a stronghold um so everything's everything's looking good duck numbers are are, are still they thought going to probably be kind of average for this this year but you know that was before you know i mean we've we've had the last what four, four or five days now where we've not really even touched 50 so you know I, I think hopefully this this coming weekend should probably be the best of the season
30: for most of our duck hunters now you have the youth waterfall uh, fowl camps coming up yep
31: yep um youth waterfowl camps we're taking applications for that through january 15th and um and that's a josh can probably talk yeah. a little bit about that he's been in that but that's a great event for young people who are wanting to learn a lot about waterfowl biology and duck hunting you know they do a little bit of all of it in that
29: right i think it's at muscadine farms uh, right outside of greenville so we partner with uh ducks unlimited and they put on a really good camp for those kids and uh show them a good time take them out on the water let them see ducks in uh in flight and uh ID them and learn all about waterfowl hunting so it's pretty cool
30: very cool start them young that's right what you gotta do uh and uh just wanted to tell you uh my my brain may be going as i get older but rhino is still here it was bill in Lafleur county Uh that sent in the picture of all the ducks well see he's there i mean Lafleur county that's another big duck hunting stronghold there yeah well well not for much longer if they're flying in groups (laughs) that big you just shoot up you're gonna (laughs) hit something because they were packed that was a great picture. Uh, but, yeah, it is important to get youth involved in things early, but I, I think, for my money anyway, it's more important to make sure you get them involved and make sure that they learn the right way to do things, which is the purpose of a lot of these things, yeah. right?
31: We've got another youth event uh, we're taking applications for right now, our youth squirrel hunt, which I, I really don't know off the top of my head, head how many years this, this one's been going on. It's been a while because I know I've... Helped with it in the past, and 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 some of those years are getting getting on farther behind me now. Um, but but basically, this geared toward youth ages ten to fifteen who may not necessarily come from a hunting background, but may have some interest, may not have a you know a, a family figure or close friend who can take them out. Uh, and so we're going to provide that opportunity and provide that instruction and stuff. Um, go to our website, check it out. There's five locations across the state where they'll be having these hunts. And we're taking applications through the 29th because we, a lot of times, won't have room for everybody. Um, So check that one out. Uh, The hunt date is February 13th, I think. I think that's right. Remember that off Mm -hmm. the top of my head?
29: So but go ahead and apply now to get a a slot in there. We'll put both of those up on
30: Facebook today, too, so y'all can go check that out. Fantastic. Just go to the department's Facebook page, and if you... Are, are like me and too lazy to go type into the search window on facebook you can just go to the department's website and you've got links to all the social right. media mm-hmm. places right so you can find that out there from anywhere you mentioned that your buddies adam are already turning their thoughts to other things well where, where are your thoughts right now <laughs> Well, you know, I'm I'm thinking about turkeys every I day. I know exactly what you're thinking about.
31: <laughs> and a lot of you know, a lot of hunters, we get all this latter part of deer season, they they start thinking about turkeys. But you know, it's probably too early to get into too much serious turkey talk. But one date that turkey hunters may want to have on their on their mind is uh, we're taking applications for WMA for W A turkey draw hunts starting this Friday. So January 15th, no rush. Uh, you've got until February 15th to put in. But, you know, go ahead and do it so that you don't forget later.
30: You know, we've got a question here, and I'm going to preemptively, before I throw it to you, say you probably need to call the department, maybe. Uh, And the question is, uh, this is from Grady. He says, I got permission to hunt my aunt's land. It's about 40 acres. I've always hunted there my whole life. But a guy that owns land next to it, has tried to run me off, saying I can't be there. What's the best way to handle it? Well, I, I well I say call the department. My first thought is, have your aunt call the guy and say, shut up. Yeah, I, I don't. If if the if she
31: owns the land and she's given written permission there, I don't know that the the adjacent landowner has a a, a really leg to stand on. But certainly, if you're having those kind of you know issues call our office and we can you know if we need to we can get the local officer involved with that but you know if, you, if you're on land that your aunt's giving permission to hunt you're on a place that you've got permission to hunt and i wouldn't think much further about it
30: yeah no and if, if it comes down to it and it keeps getting worse seriously have your aunt call that other guy say right. uh i told him he could be there it's my land shut up right and then just hang up and you're good to go mm-hmm. the simple way to handle it uh, from the 601, I saw a flock of 20 ducks last week, and no, I won't tell you what county. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, uh, but turkey hunting is just around the corner. Yes, that's why Adam's a little twitchy yep. today. The no, closer not,
31: we get, we're not close enough. yet. you know, it's still, it's still a ways out. You're still, I'm thinking looking about forward
30: it. to it though. You're still thinking yeah, about yeah, it. I know what you're it. doing here. Uh, oh, it was turkeys. It was a flock of turkeys he saw, not ducks. Uh, yeah, flock of 20, and he will not tell you what county. Mm-hmm. So, don't even ask Adam. Mm. He knows you. He's familiar with you. Well, Adam already knows where all the turkeys are, anyway. Yeah. Not all of them. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Something, uh, well, I can't really make this one out. Something about a drop off uh, for Lamar County in the Summerall Purvis area. Do you have a freezer for deer sample drop offs down in that area? Lamar County, Summerall Purvis in that area down there.
31: We do have one um, in, let me see where that is, one in Lamar. Lamar. I'm trying
23: to.
30: Short answer, we do. Let me let me get back to you on exactly where it is, but we do have one there. He'll get it nailed down. Yeah. and He'll tell you exactly where it is. But uh, over half of the counties have a drop-off freezer in place. But again, just to cover this one more time, A big chunk of taxidermists in the state are participating in helping the department in this as well.
29: You got it, Adam. I got it. it, uh, The Lamar County one's at Purvis uh, VFD um, right there on 805 Main Street in Purvis.
30: So There you go. It's
29: open 24 hours. I knew we had one there.
30: There we go. Yeah. At the Purvis Volunteer Fire Department. That's right. Right on Main Street. Should be easy to find, I would think. Uh, to, but now, see, you've got them all fired up. We we did this, Uh-oh. Adam. Shag bully and Biloxi says, From what I've seen, we had a good hatch last year. Uh, well, depends on where you're at. The south part of the state, definitely. Our, our, you know, We get,
31: we keep data on that kind of stuff. And um, if he's, if he's kind of in that southeast part of the state,
30: he definitely had a really good hatch last year. Now, I think you're correct, though. Yep. Some people's minds are starting to go see, in that yep, direction. It happens. it happens. We still have, what, three weeks, a little over three weeks of deer season left. Yeah.
8: A lot of time.
31: That's
30: that's more time than a lot of states get, you know, for their
31: rifle their entirety of their rifle season. You go up in the Midwest, you know, some of those states only have a two week rifle season. So
30: we still got a lot. It's still worrisome though, because to get all the samples in to meet the goal, that's Mm -hmm. not much time.
31: No, and and our you know, our biggest our, our, our biggest hunting weeks and weekends are probably already behind us you know thanksgiving christmas week between christmas and new year's those are always big ones but you know we're, we're still going to keep collecting them and um hopefully we'll
30: we'll get what we need that's all we can do is just hang on and see but do drop off your sample even if you're not in a mandatory sample area Go ahead and do it. You take a deer, drop off the sample, or take it to a taxidermist that's participating. They'll take the sample for you. You still get your mount, you still get your trophy, everything's fine, but we get the data we need to. It's a win win. When we come back, it's New Year's. First time Adam's been in the studio, so of course he walked in with an idea, and it's a pretty good one, I think. New Year's resolutions. Outdoor resolution. I like that. And yeah. we'll deal with that when we come back here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio, Super Talk, Mississippi. Keep it here. 30, 30, 30.
24: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the Range in Gluckstad, Mississippi's newest gun store with indoor range, firearms training center, and full service gunsmithing department. Right now we're offering special pricing on our individual couples and family memberships. We're so sure you will enjoy membership and the exclusive benefits that our members enjoy that we don't even ask you to sign a contract. Come browse our huge selection of guns and accessories or look into signing up for one of our many firearms training classes. The range by Jimmy Primo's just off I-55 at the Gluckstad Exit.
5: this is JT. If you're like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks, 1 800 647 8540, or on the web, majesticmetalsinc.com.
10: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Goal Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283.
3: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to News Mississippi. Former Mississippi Supreme Court Justice Reuben Anderson was the keynote speaker at Mississippi State's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Unity Day event.
11: I first heard him speak when I was a student at Tougaloo College in 1962. And I knew at that time that I wanted to be a part of the civil rights movement.
3: Anderson talked about King's unique leadership style.
11: Dr. King was successful because all of his career he espoused nonviolence.
3: The Mississippi National Guard has deployed soldiers to D.C. ahead of the President elect's inauguration. Consisting of approximately 100 soldiers,
25: Task Force Mississippi left for the nation's capital last Friday. From all 50 states, a total of 25,000 members of the National Guard will be in Washington.
3: That's more than the number of troops in Iraq and Afghanistan combined.
5: Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your neighborhood Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey. On the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack, you can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda's been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire and Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASC certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Centers offers lube oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment and of course tires, just like Kenda. Designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Centers. Support Mississippi
0: Outdoors, and of course, we go the distance for you.
30: Welcome back, Mississippi Outdoors Radio, and it's time for our uh, Gateway Getaway this week. And this week, the Gateway Getaway is John W. Kyle State Park on State Park Road in Sardis, Mississippi. It's located on the Sardis Reservoir, just one hour from Memphis. Uh, It offers a wide array of recreational opportunities in an area abundant in natural beauty. Again, poetic writing. I like Miss Janice is good. She is she, she knocks good. it out of the park yeah. every week. I can't brag on her enough. John Kyle, just twenty five miles from the historic campus of Ole Miss, perfect spot for a sports weekend. They have two hundred RV campsites and twenty cabins. They offer fishing, boating, golf, a group camp, picnicking and a ballroom that will accommodate up to 96 people for banquets, weddings, and family reunions. You can make your reservation right now on the website, mdwfp.com. You can call 1-800-467-2757 to take care of that reservation, or you can call the park directly, 662-487-1345. And don't forget, you can get that annual park permit. 50 bucks gives you access to john w kyle state park and all the state parks for a solid year that is still the best deal going this week's gateway getaway john w kyle state park you've got people taunting you on the c spire text line adam keith says had nine long beards on my deer plot saturday most i can tell you is i hunt on the pearl river which doesn't narrow it down that much
31: well we, it's all, all these data points you know just you,
30: we're, we're connecting the dots as i said during the break we all know you have a spreadsheet <laughs> at home on your computer we know yeah. what you're doing uh he, he enters these data points every day uh, somebody else ronnie from Prentice, says first conversation with a gobbler and you're hooked for life that's right no yeah. got me when i was about five years old I hadn't let you go yet either. No, Hasn't. No. Now you had a, a. I guess it was you that had this idea. Who had this idea about I don't New know, Year's me resolution? And Carl, me and Josh. Yeah.
31: We we talked about it. We were we were going to do it last week, and things kind of got switched around. But you know, New Year's resolutions. You know, people. You know, come up with different things. Going to diet. Going to exercise. Going to quit smoking. Whatever. We need to do something.
30: You know, more positive. Well, on we, a positive note, we need some resolutions that you can actually keep. Yeah. Because we don't keep the other ones. That's Come right. On. Yeah, you know, resolutions of
31: things to do in, in, in Mississippi's great outdoors. So Josh and I sat around and thought of some different things every month of the year. We got we got you something every month. You can just plan your year.
29: Yeah. So get your notepad out. Yeah. Because we're about to dive in.
30: Have you put this up on the
29: website yet? You we're not. To... We're going to do a little social media post. I think. Okay, There you go.
30: Do a little. That's okay, what you should good. do outside. Little reminder. Yeah. Very good. Very good. What you got, John? All right. Well, uh, January. It's cold. There's snow out there. That's right. What are we supposed to That's do for right. a New Year's resolution? So for this? we're
29: thinking maybe try a standby duck duck hunt in the Delta if you haven't done that before. Um, it's pretty a uh, good opportunity to sneak yeah. in there and get some of these uh, waterfowl we, that got are some, coming through. You know,
31: we've got world class duck hunting opportunities here in Mississippi. People come from all over the southeastern United States to Mississippi, and you know, a lot of our areas are draw. But if you didn't get in on the draw, you can still do standby. And so we, you know, go hunt some of our great duck hunting WMAs in the Delta via standby.
30: Well, and I showed you guys the picture during the break uh, that Bill texted in earlier in the show uh, from Lafleur County, I think it was. Uh, and yeah, there's plenty of duck out there to go plenty get. Of ducks. That's obvious. That's right. So February.
31: That's <laughs> February. Try a little small game action. We got a a, a small game combo for you. Uh, if you if you know somebody with some beagle dogs and somebody's got a squirrel dog, go up to O'Keefe WMA and do a combo squirrel rabbit hunt. O'Keefe's a great destination Ooh, for that, great yeah. squirrel hunting destination, and also has some uh, you know some WRP type stuff with some good rabbit hunting um, close by. Um, we also have Charles Ray Nick's WMA, yeah. which is right down the road from great, John Kyle. Yeah, great. Also great rabbit yeah. hunting destination. So you can go up there and just
30: right back-to-back back. squirrel in the morning rabbit in the afternoon or whatever true story my dad when he got me into squirrel hunting he took me squirrel hunting but we squirrel hunted with pistols wow that's that takes some skill huh yeah well you know my my dad was a big pistol shooter he, he i'm thinking you didn't bring many home boxes I i didn't bring nearly as many home as he did he had no problem <laughs> One squirrel, one shell. He was done. Stuff it in the bag, move on. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you're looking to up your game, if you think it's just too easy, the squirrel hunting you're doing, yeah, get, get you get you a pistol and get some cartridges loaded with shot and go squirrel hunting. Let mm. me know how that goes for you. I've done that. All right, March,
31: there there ain't but two things you need to be thinking about in the Mississippi outdoors in March, okay? you you got to do a turkey hunt, and you got to go – White perch fishing, crappie. There you go, white perch fishing. Sorry, I spelt it but, wrong here. Yeah, <laughs> crappie. Okay. Yeah. I'm, cr- I'm hey, gonna forgive your <laughs> <time> Good <laughs> destination <laughs> for that would be you know any of developing. our WMAs up in kind of the the northeast part of the world. It's going to be close to some of the big reservoirs. So you could you know turkey out in the morning, fishing
30: in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect.
31: Yeah,
29: yeah, I like
30: I mean, that. All wrong class the crappie I-55, fishing. I-55. Yeah. You can find it. Yeah, yeah. I am I am really proud of you by the way. What's that? You're encouraging turkey hunting competition? Or is it that you don't Well,
17: don't hunt it Calhoun fits with County, the the so whole No, well, no, no. No, the the
30: uh <laughs> it
31: the combo thing. So if okay, you're going okay. to I mean you got you know, you, you We've got great crappie destinations, and we also have you know some turkey hunting there close
30: by. Oh, up in Grenada, that's where yeah. you go for white perch. Yeah, so you got to oh, yeah. kind of look right there. Where can you where could you do both in the same day? That makes there sense. There you go. Okay, you're that okay. part of the I state. just thought you were trying to run the competition off somewhere else, you so know. you've got free reign. You know. Not hurting, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's what I right. But uh,
29: when we come to April, all right, so uh, monster fish exhibit at the Museum of Natural Science will be leaving April the 11th so you need to go and check it out before you leave it's pretty awesome it's a National Geographic uh, exhibit so go check that out for sure uh, then maybe also in April since we talked about John Kyle uh, w- we should do uh, one of our three shooting facilities throughout the state so you got one North Mississippi one here in Jackson uh, and then one in uh, closer to Hattiesburg so go try that out in April do some sporting clays you know, pistol shooting, Yeah, practice your, your squirrel pistol. Uh, that'll be a good thing to do in April. We
31: asked our uh, fisheries guys, hey, when it comes to May, what's what's something we could do fishing that's a little different than the norm? And they suggested fishing for spotted bass on the Strong River. You know, do a little float trip, a little canoe trip. I think Mississippi has some of the best canoeing opportunities in the south, and that it's really an overlooked thing, you know, that we've got all over the state, really. Um but spotted bass on Strong River in May. You need to put that
30: on your list. Okay, that's good. Take a good Saturday one. to go do
31: that. That's a good one. Strong I like River that. coming
30: through Simpson County there, flows into the Pearl. I like that. Yeah, very good. And something not a lot of people would think about. That's right. That's right. Very good. Very and good. And
29: maybe when we come to June, there's a little bit more of a, a niche uh, group of people that'll be out in the water hand grabbing for catfish. So. Try Pickwick Lake out there by J.P. Coleman State Park or go down to Lake Whittington, any of the river oxbows. They tend to hold some big blues and big channel cats that you can swim on down and put your hand in a box and grab a big one out. I'm going to let you go first, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, no.
30: I'm, I'm, I'll go when you go. How about that? <laughs> you go check the hole, and then I'll go down there. Well, and again, my problem is I swim like a center block, so it's not <laughs> really something that appeals though, Dave. to me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's getting it back to the shore. <laughs> I can't get myself back out without something fighting me. So that's the problem, and I admire the people that uh, post all the time on my social media, you know, hashtag grip a lip, and I'm like, Okay, you're better than I am. You go. You keep You keep on being you because I admire it, but no thank you. Yeah, I'm not involved. Yeah. I'm going to have to skip the June one. Yeah.
29: Well, we'll go on to July. I mean, I don't know how many people, I know the, the coast knows about this, but uh, I don't know how many in, in the north part of the state know that we have a water park at one of our uh, state parks that happens to be on the beach. So Buccaneer State Park Water Park is a great place to go. Uh, they're doing some renovations this year. They're adding uh, additional rv spots uh, that have beach access and some other uh, pretty cool little uh features to the to
31: i'll the say this I, I've, I've worked for the department of wildlife and fisheries for 13 years now and i had never actually been you know i'm in the wildlife division which is separate from the parks division so i don't necessarily you know interact with the park stuff all that much but i had never been to buccaneer until about a year ago and i was just blown away it's got a big a wave heck of pool. a facility yeah. that we've
29: got down there yeah. got water slides yeah. splash pads it's something good for like yeah. every age of child or or adult you know they can go bob around in the wave pool but um yeah
30: right it's there. a great place to take the family oh yeah definitely definitely
29: all right we, we come to august
31: now
7: mm-hmm.
31: and i'll I'll tell you this day when, when when josh and i were sitting around trying to think well i my suggestion was let's don't put anything for August. There's nothing to look forward to in <laughs> August in Mississippi. It's we, basically a just, you know, we run bear it and problem. get through
30: it. Yeah, we run into that problem on the show every year. Yeah, it's like, what do we talk about, well, guys? I mean,
31: if if we're talking things to do in the outdoors in Mississippi, I mean it's just it's miserable folks. I mean there's no way to sugarcoat it, you know. We're just hoping to get through it to better times.
29: But, but I mean, if you want to do something in August, try night fishing for catfish. They seem to be pretty active when it's 92 degrees yeah. at night. Try to avoid no breeze.
30: <laughs> I've been night fishing. We don't have the time, but remind me another time, and I'll tell you my night fishing story, uh, where I discovered that, as it turns out, I can fly. But I'll, I'll tell you about that another <laughs> time. Uh, we're up against a break. When we come back, we've still got September through December to go. Uh, during the break, I'm going to get Adam around here to look at this picture somebody sent in from a trail cam, because I just enjoy seeing him get that twitch mm. at the corner of his left eye a little bit. And that picture is going to do it. Thank you for that. Final segment of Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the way next.
12: Soul Burgers Jewelry in Ridgeland. Buy remaining inventory for just pennies on the dollar. That's right, own fine jewelry for as little as 17 cents on the dollar. Doors close forever, Saturday, January 23rd at Soul Burgers Jewelry, Ridgeland.
14: It's time to do more of what you want, where you want. With the all-new Honda EU2200i generator, available at your preferred local Honda dealer, Frederick's Sales and Service. These generators are quiet, portable, efficient, and have the reliability you'd expect from Honda. Come by Frederick Sales & Service in Brandon and see the full line of
30: Honda Generators or online at FrederickSales.com. Honda & Fredericks power you can trust.
9: I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture, inviting you to the Dixie National Rodeo
14: at the Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson, February 11th through 17th. It's the greatest show on dirt. Excitement from cowboys and cowgirls competing for over $100,000 on world-class Harper Morgan livestock. Entertainment from world champion trick roper Ryder Kisner. And an all-star concert lineup featuring the Oak Ridge Boys,
27: Parker McCollum.
31: You're pretty old. Mo
2: Bandit. I'm Bandy the Rodeo Clown. Don Conley. A deep rose.
8: Color glasses. Thorier Brown. All oh, but some girls do. Gary Allen. And Riley Green.
14: All brought to you by John Deere, Ram Dealers of Mississippi, and Southern Ag Credit, Trustmark, and Clinton Body Shop. I'm Andy Gibson, and I hope to see you there.
18: final sale days final discounts at soul Burgers jewelry and Ridgeland. Buy remaining inventory for just pennies on the dollar that's right own fine jewelry for as little as 17 cents on the dollar doors closed forever saturday january 23rd at soul Burgers jewelry Ridgeland.
19: it's that time of the year again like my son barrett and i hunters will soon be heading to the woods to hopefully bag that big buck Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Our agency often works with Mississippians whose disabilities are the result of tree stand injuries. Keep safe by remembering these important tips. Always maintain three points of contact going up and down a tree. Use a haul line and always wear a safety harness.
18: Please don't let your next hunt be your last.
0: Accurate information is a precious commodity. Get yours from News Mississippi and Fox News. Trusted sources on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi.
30: Welcome back, Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Adam, Josh, in the studio. We're going through your New Year's resolutions, as suggested by Adam and Josh, and and got some good ones. And we're up to—I think—we're headed into September. September. So September,
31: you you could—you know—you could do a very uniquely Mississippi thing, which is a dove gator combo. Hunt doves during the day, hunt the gators at night. Now, obviously, you know, gator—you can't just everybody go gator hunting. You got to get the permit and all of that, but. You pull that off. That's a twenty-four yeah. hours. You could you could just Mississippi outdoors for twenty-four straight hours. Mm. I, I, I will say this.
30: Dove's gators. <laughs> you were here the first time in the English language a dove gator combo was hey, said out loud. Right there. Mark it it's, down. It's, that's, it's a uniquely like. Mississippi. But it could happen. You yeah, could do it. Yeah. I like that. Um October?
31: Something a little different. You could try put in for the draw, but we have a we have a rifle hunt on one of our WMAs. Black Prairie WMA has a rifle hunt in October, so you could you could take advantage of that before you know rifle season opens for uh, for for
29: most folks. Um, and also then, then one of Josh's favorites. Oh man, go to Bear Creek float trip uh, for spotted bass at Tishomingo State Park. So I've been on that trip and it is pretty amazing. Uh, the the park itself charters the canoes, so they'll go drop you off, and you can take out right there at the swinging bridge at Tishamingo and uh, catch a whole bunch of spotted
30: bass. That's the thing to remember. If you've never been on a float fishing trip, number one, what are you doing with your life? But number two, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's different than just parking the boat and, and hoping you found the right spot this time. Yeah. I
31: and threw my- one bait the whole time. And like I, I said, said I, th- I think it's one of the you know our our you know paddling opportunities here in the state. Probably one of the most overlooked things we got. We got some awesome canoeing and kayaking places, and you know
30: you don't hear it talked about a lot. No, you really don't. And I think that's partially because the people that take advantage of it and know how awesome it is don't want to crowd it, <laughs> so they don't talk about it very often. And then, I mean, if you can't get to
29: the north. Uh, mississippi area in october you could go in november and chase the fall colors at all of the state parks state lakes um also good time to fish and prepare for hunting so yeah
31: and you know november's it's it's all kicking off yeah
29: don't have to make up a lot of things for
31: november yeah you got plenty to do in november and then same with december you know december you know duck hunt chase the rut around you know deer coming in rut you don't have to make it it's we got a lot to do in December.
30: And you know what? I'll go back to something that that you said just then, Josh, when you were talking about November and Chase the Fall Colors. We talk about it all the time, and we mention it in passing, especially during the Gateway Getaway. Miss Janice does a great job of writing those every week. Uh, If you haven't been to our state parks, especially in the fall, we have some absolutely gorgeous state parks. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're going to go hunting and fishing or go to the water park or whatever – just go take it in just go look at it they are gorgeous and and that can't be understated and I think uh, some people need to realize even if you're not going there to do anything just go there to take in Mississippi it's a fantastic experience that's right and one more update on on the
29: topic of state parks so we've got our new state parks uh, license plate that's open for pre-order and we just reached our halfway point so we need a little over uh, I think around 150 left to pre-order, so feel free, go online. There's a banner right on our web, web page, com, and you can go apply and, and, and uh, get that, and we'll get that rolling. It's a great so, looking tag, too. Yeah, it's a great it great is. Tag. But you've
30: got to get 300 uh, pre-orders before they officially kick
29: it into together, right? Right, right. And then last I looked last week, we were right over 150, so we're over halfway there. Um, goal is to be there before may so
30: go to mdwfp.com you can see that banner click on it and find out more information that's also where you can find out more about mississippi outdoors tv yep um you know we're in the the, the new
31: season now showing new episodes off and this week got a good one uh we'll be showing the 2020 governor's hunt so you know i, I don't i don't know how many years the foundation has been doing the the governor's hunt i know it's probably at least a decade and um, you know Many many years with Governor Bryan on there as you know he's a strong supporter of Mississippi outdoors. This one will be Governor Reeves's first, uh, so check that out the 2020 Governor's Hunt with Governor Reeves down there chasing some some birds down in right. Longleaf Country, uh, and then a, a bass fishing trip at Wells Lake. So tune in for Mississippi Outdoors TV Thursday nights at 7:30 on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and if you miss it, you can catch it Saturdays at
30: 5:30,
31: or Go check out all our social media stuff, and we've got it all posted up there. That's right.
30: Just search for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks on Facebook. That's and it. And all of the socials. Or, again, just go to MDWFP, and you've got links up there where they can just click, and it'll open it right up for them. But go like all the pages. Oh, go, yes, go, please. Please do. Go do all of that so you get updated when Josh – finally releases his hard work into the wild right. you get notified of what's going on because there's some good stuff that comes out of you guys every single week thank you dave and a little plug there yeah i'm with a little plug yeah. for you josh it's good to have you in here again good set of new year's resolutions i like it man we're gonna we're gonna stick to them That's bring right. them up every month I, i'm keeping Sticking this to paper we're I'm gonna you call go. you on this so we'll, we'll see how things are going I cannot wait. Maybe, I, maybe Adam will take me turkey hunting this year, so I can get yeah. one off my bucket list. All I know is, he said he was going to hold to them. I'm keeping the paper, because come That's June, right. I'm going to ask him how the hand-grabbing is going. There mm. mm. we go. It's six months, but we'll get there, buddy. I like eating catfish, Dave, but I don't know if I like it that much. <laughs> That's more catfish eating you. <laughs> That's it for Mississippi Outdoors Radio. We'll do it again next Monday at noon on Super Talk Mississippi. I'll be back tomorrow at 10. See you then.